Because I'm, you, you know me, I'm in the middle of, mm, I don't think you're in the middle anymore. Let's wait, let's save it for the podcast. So oh, we're talk in about it, it now. We are in it. There's no open. This is Takeover Tuesday, so we're in it. Um, we'll go right from here, but yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll get to all that fun. I know it's like, cause I know your perception of what, of what I'm doing, well, but I also, but there's my beliefs as well. Sure. And that. And that's what we'll get into, right? Okay. Um, Beliefs. But how have you been? It's I was going through my notes. I think. Well, you were on last year with Rob, but before that, it's like I have notes well, from Thanksgiving, when we, right? Just Thanksgiving. Yeah, event. we did the Thanksgiving, but I mean, just you. I mean, we talked, but we talked last year. Um, I the last cycling. time we talked was about the crow, right? Was that what it was? Or was I feel like was that before Tom? Uh, was that before? Um, oh, Justice Cut? League. The Snyder Cut. The, we did. We did not do the Snyder Cut because it hadn't come out yet. We were. You made me watch the Justice League again, so that I could complain about it and how crap. Yeah, it yeah. Was. <laughs> <laughs> how much I continue to hate that movie. <laughs> really, the I, first I, one or the second one? Does it matter? It really I like them. I like them, but you know I, me. It's, I, I, he's, yeah, we're not. I don't think we need to go back over that. But yes, no, 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 they no. are. They are legitimately objectively bad movies it's just from you can like it i'm not saying that you can't like it i'm not saying that you're a bad person for liking it what i'm saying is that objectively bad movies like people like food that i i taste i'm like this is garbage and you shouldn't be eating it and they're like i i grew up on this i love it i'm like okay well fair enough you grew up on this you love it it's bad like if you've ever tried vegemite Australians don't like it. Like the Australian kids, I've made. They like. They're like, oh, could you make some sandwiches for the kids? I'm like, yeah. Well, they went on it. Like, could you put some Vegemite on there and whatever the hell else they put on those things? I don't remember. Jam, maybe. I don't remember. Butter. I don't remember. But all like the 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 only feedback I got it was there's too much Vegemite. I'm like, you know who's never said that? An American kid about peanut butter. No one's ever said you put too much peanut butter on this peanut butter sandwich because you know what? Peanut butter's goddamn delicious. That's why. Vegemite yeah. tastes like exactly what it is, which is like the leftover yeast from a or the from brewing beer. I think is where it comes from. I think oh. I don't remember where it comes from. It's legitimately bad, and everybody knows it. But it's a lot of people like it or they eat it, right? And that's fine. But <laughs> so that what, what these was the movies song? The are Vegemite also sandwich, bad. right? Wasn't there what? that was in the song in the eighties? Well, it's in a lot of songs, I'm sure. But yes, the Come from work, a land down men under, he meant at work, yeah. Yeah, he just made me a Vegemite sandwich. That's right. That's yeah. right. And let me tell you what he went. This probably got too much Vegemite on it, honestly. I, I, you can taste the Vegemite. It's too much. It's, not the, it's just not good. It's all, it's all there is to it. Oh, when I when I hit record, Tom, I never, I think we already have too much Vegemite in the show. <laughs> well, <laughs> I like, hate to break it. I mean, if you're, I, I don't know what your Australian audience looks like, but I've, yeah. It's, it's pretty good. It's pretty no. good, but, <laughs> but I never and I think I... that they will probably, you know, agree to a certain extent. Even if they yeah. really like it, they'll be like, "Yeah, but I can get it." Is it's it's an acquired taste? People, oh, it's an acquired taste. Yeah, I, yeah. 
I feel the same way about kimchi, right? I love kimchi. Love it. Love kimchi. But there's it, it people are like, oh, it's, it's awful. I'm like, if you can't get past the smell, which I totally get, <laughs> then then I, I get it. I like pickled things. Almost anything that's got vinegar in it of any kind, I will eat it because I like vinegar. I mean, yeah. I probably would drink white vinegar if I could find a legitimate <laughs> reason to do so. But uh, you never did you that know, in college or anything. Pickle juice. You're doing shots of pickle juice. I don't know. Maybe I wasn't part of the same hazing crowd that you were part of. (laughs) It seems like I don't even know if it was hazing. Just dares. I wasn't. I was never in a fraternity or no no reason to haze me. Just and I don't. I don't even. I wasn't the only one. Uh, Nowadays, triathletes swear by pickle juice. So yes, you know, you know, it's got to be terrible if triathletes. Well, that because I think that came from mustard too. It's like I've done mustard. When you're cramping, you take a teaspoon or a tablespoon of mustard. They're like, oh, you need, you need the electrolytes. I'm like, yeah, you could. There's just like so many other ways you can get it. Like get one person, one person like had had pickle juice and went, yes, this is the best. This this has solved my cramps. And yeah. uh, I'm like, yeah, you know what I've done that too? Just about any water with salt in it. So good for you, yeah. I guess. Yeah, whatever. You probably just relocated the pain to your mouth. I would drink pickle juice. It doesn't have to be a dare. I would do it. That's, that's yeah. not a problem, but I specifically won't do anything triathletes do. It's because they're the, uh, cyclists go. They are the, they are that's, the well, worst. This is, this podcast is off to a good start. That's what I ended well, up being. I mean, well, you didn't have me on here to be nice to people, did you? I know. It's not that I think that triathletes are bad people or unnice or, or, or anything like that. I just think they're insufferable. I mean, I think that's <laughs> so, legitimately the problem. Yeah. It's the I same think, thing when you see somebody who's got like an ultra marathon sticker on the back of their car, like a oh, yeah. hundred and hundred point, whatever miles. I'm like, Oh God. Oh yeah. And I know oh, an yeah. ultra marathoner and he is a delight. He is a wonderful human being. And I love mm-hmm. him. He is competitive. He's not like, like top whatever, but the man was born with a clubbed foot. And he does ultra marathons. Wow. I mean, he is, he's, he's like the, your poster child. He's handsome, right? He's, he's like ridiculous. He's so handsome. My wife's like, he's hot. I'm like, I know, right? That's, that's how hot <laughs> this guy is. Yeah. Yeah. He runs ultra marathons. He's super sweet. He used to work at T-Mobile. We have T-Mobile. He used to work at T-Mobile. I could just hit him up on Facebook. What is it? Uh, messenger or whatever. He'd be like, yeah. yeah, I got you. Come, come on in. I'll take care of you. Super nice guy, but you know. He's like the one that you go, okay, that's, that's why we, we still talk to those people. Now, does, <laughs> is he married with a family or anything? He is getting married, actually. Uh, he so he's giving away up the from America, I, I believe. Yes. I don't know if he's going to give him up or not. I think that's part of his personality. It's, that's the other it's thing. It's so hard to yeah. do. It's like the guys, when I was doing, I, the most I ever did was a half Ironman. And when you're training and running yeah. those things, doing those things, you can't, there's nothing else. Well, you, that's the whole thing, right? And, yeah. and that, I think that's why I don't like triathletes just as a general rule. It's simply because it becomes their entire personality. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't care. I mean, anybody, no matter what you're into, if you're like a super duper baseball fan or whatever, I don't, I, I, not a baseball fan. I'm not a fan of many sports, but I, I can sit there and shoot the shit for a few seconds with you about it. But yeah. if literally all you have to talk about is baseball, we are not going to be friends. That's just all there is no. to it. I can't, I can't do it. Yeah. Uh, I need you to be it, more well-rounded as a human being and triathletes. is just like, you know, they want to talk about what they ate, what they drank and what they trained. And that's cause that's all they've done other than work. 
Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it, yeah, that that was me for a year. I did it. I I did it for a year just to see if I could do it. And then once I did it, and my times were good, and like I the guys I was and I knew that were doing them and working up to other things, they're like, "You don't want to go for a full Ironman?" I'm like, "No, I know yeah. I can do it." <laughs> it's like I just did the half, and I know if it's you know I know I have it in me. I'm like, now I'm bored. On to the next thing. It, yeah, it was enough. more of an accomplishment. It was Everest for me. Right. For that. Right. You know. Yeah, you know, and. And, but you could see that your whole life for a period of time gets taken over by it. And that's fine. Yeah. I mean, it, I mean, and whenever somebody gets involved in a new hobby or whatever, it can get, they get a little insufferable about it. That's just it. That's all they want to talk about. They're so excited. They're so hyped about it. And that's great. Yeah. I mean, I feel a lot of the times the same way about cycling. Uh, but I've been doing it long enough now that I don't feel the need to talk about it unless somebody asks me a question. And then in which case I usually end up getting irritated with their, <laughs> inability to believe that I actually know what the hell I'm talking about. So, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Isn't that the worst? When somebody asks you a question, well, asks for your advice, and then tells you, no. We've talked about this on the AV Rant podcast a lot oh, where know. people will come up to you and be like, hey, what's the best TV? You know what that question is? I just bought a TV. I'm going to see if you're going to tell me that my TV is best. So the, the only proper yeah. response to that question is to say, what what TV do you have? Oh, that's a good one because right. I literally am not going to listen to your answer. I don't care what it is because no matter what, yeah. chances are your TV is garbage. You spent, you know, you decided that five hundred dollars was the price of a TV, and that's yep. what you were going to spend. You've, you've never spent more than five hundred dollars, and you never will spend more than five hundred. Your that's that's you're a hang your hat on that. That's the hill you're going to die on. So yeah. you'll go and you'll do your five hundred dollar buy your five hundred dollar TV, and then. You know, if anybody spends more than that, they're just, there's, they're, they're a fool. They've been, they've been swindled. How dare they? You know, and so your edge lit, absolute garbage TV that has banding and the uneven backlight and everything else. Yeah, that's great. It's a great TV. Man. You really, you, know, you got it for $500, did you? $499 on sale? You scored, didn't you? Yes, you did. You're so it's- smart. It's so dangerous out in public too. Yeah. Because like with your friends, cause somebody asks you something and if you give them like your full answer, like, Oh, get this, do not get this. And then they go, that's what I, I already just bought got. that. Yeah. I already bought <laughs> like, that. That's why I don't I, answer I, those questions anymore. It, yeah. Nope. I don't. I, I'll be like, what'd you get? Or what are you thinking of getting? And yeah. then, or what's your budget is always my question. And then it's, then you either get a budget or what they bought. <laughs> And then, then you just try and yeah, sweet talk to whatever they got. You're right. Like, oh, and yeah, I, that's great. I, I can what? work. <laughs> and I, Rob and I have been talking about this a lot lately about speakers. People are like, you know, what speaker should I buy? I don't fucking care. I do not care <laughs> what speakers you get. I don't fucking care. You're going to buy speakers based on so many things that don't matter. And you know what? They're probably going to be pretty good. That's the the reality of speakers yeah. these days is most of them are pretty good. Now, there's some that are great and there's some that are absolute garbage. But the vast majority, no matter how much money you do or do not spend, are pretty good. You know, and pretty yeah. good is... <laughs> It's okay by me. You know, all I want you to have as far as, you know, home theater is concerned or speakers, uh, is to have a, a reasonable, ex- you know, audio experience. And the, the, the speakers that you buy is like step one of 20 and you're not going to step two. 
that was step one and you're done. You're not going to look up how to set them up. You're not going to do anything about placing them in the right place. You're not going to get room treatments. You're not going to, uh, you know, isolate them in any way, shape or form. You're not going to worry about how far away they are from you or from each other or from the screen or from anything else. You're just going to do your thing. So make things I, loud. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, you know, and then I, I see, cause I spend an ordinate amount of time on Reddit, basically looking, looking at what people are actually asking about. Now, right? do you do it? Let, uh, let me, let me ask it. Cause you and I are a lot alike with Reddit. We yeah. hate it. <laughs> do you I think do any that? reasonable person that spends any time on Reddit should, by definition, think that this is a colossal waste it's of entertainment. time. It's <laughs> entertainment. Yeah. But do you do it for your, for the website? For AV gadgets, just to uh, research what, like, do you, and you get your, like, ideas on what to write about. Like, let me correct Well, <laughs> so, okay, so I just hit my microphone, but I'm probably going to do that a lot. So one That's of the okay. things We're that very I, informal here. I've been thinking about lately is AI, right? And I know we're supposed to be talking about a bunch of stuff, but one of the things I've been thinking about <laughs> lately is AI. And the thing about AI is that it's going to, and I have no idea how the thing, the whole thing's going to play out. I believe that AI, uh, you know, the, it, it, it is not the future that everybody wants to think it is. Basically, AI, all AI can do is like a, is be very smart about doing your, a Google search for you and giving you an answer. So in order to get the answer, there must be the answer to be gotten, in which case there must be content that was, was created by somebody who was thinking about it. AI at this point, at least, doesn't seem to even be heading very close to the direction of being, of being able to, uh, put together logical thought and come up with conclusions of it all, on its own. All it does is spit stuff back at you as if it were, uh, and, and it, it does so with a facsimile of intelligence, but you know, all you have to do is like ask it to write a biography of you and you'll realize how quickly it can get a lot of stuff right. If you're on the internet, like I am, but it's going to get a bunch of stuff wrong too. So there's, you have to be able to, it, it's only as good as its source material. So one of the things I've kind of been thinking about, at least with AV gadgets, where I am the editor in chief, you guys can go mm -hmm. over there and check that out. Uh, is I'm thinking, how is AI going to access my site? How is AI going to do this? And it's going to be looking for answers for, for questions. So I answer questions that are asked on Reddit over at AV Gadgets. And no, I don't go onto Reddit and like link back to myself, though I have seen me linked by other people, but never by, by me. Uh, there's a rule about it anyways, but even if it were, if it weren't, that would feel, I don't know. I don't, I'm not that egotistical to think that I should, that people <laughs> should actually yeah. be, be that I'm so important. I have to link to myself. I am my own source. Uh, but, uh, uh, and that's what I do. I go over there. I find questions. I think people actually want to know the answer to, and some of them, those, some of those questions are niche, but a lot of them are the same question asked in a different way. So you end up answering questions very similarly with similar answers and a lot of them are like HDMI cables. Why is my HDMI cable not work? And you can write one article that's a bajillion points long about all the things that possibly could be wrong with HDMI cable. Or you could say, why does my short HDMI cable not work? Why does my old HDMI cable not work? Why does my long HDMI cable not work? Not that those answers are all the same, which a lot of times they're similar, but uh, I think going forward, we're going to see that, 
that's the type of content that people are, that AI is going to be searching for. And I think people are going to be searching for as well, because we're going to get more used to like you and I were old enough where we Google intelligently, right? We know the keywords and then we kind of, right. we can, we know what the algorithm, how to Google. Whereas I think the younger generations are just talking into their phones saying, show me some pictures of HDMI cables. And then, yeah. Boom. Or, you know, how come this, this, this HDMI cable isn't working, you know, with my new, with my new speakers or, you know, my new receiver, that sort of thing. So I think that's going to, in the future, make my site more relevant. Uh, then sites like, like right now, CNET, I just read an article where CNET is like deleting a ton of old articles because they're no longer relevant to the way that people search. And the way that, uh, that, uh, hmm. that the internet is, is used anymore. Um, that's, there may or may not be noises in the background. My wife is getting that's home right. from her exercise. My kids are here. It's, it's a thing. I got your background noise on. So right. there's filters for that. Don't you worry. I'm not we'll worried. I'm just it. telling you. We're, just for, telling you. we're not that formal here. We're very loosey goosey. Yeah, talk yeah. about what we want. We're having fun. I mean, you're dropping F bombs. This is a good time, Tom. Oh yeah, I cuss. By the way, for those of you that come over here for maybe a rant, I've yeah. warned you people that I do cuss. I do cuss. I do. Yeah, you do. Yeah, you do. It's bad. Um, people, you don't cuss in front of your kids. Yes, I do. Do you? I do. I don't. We just had this discussion the other day. My kid, my kids were like, God, kids are too yeah, old. Dads are getting stressed out, and I'm like, why? And they're like, we're we're hearing you swear. I was like, oh, wow. And I looked at my son and I go, you mean on the ice? And he goes, no. And I was like, <laughs> so we left dinner. We were out to dinner with the kids and we left dinner. And I said to my wife, I go, all right, got to put a stop to that. <laughs> well, kids are calling me out. <laughs> so and fair enough, I'm, everybody should parent in their own way. And there's yeah. no right way to parent. And there's a bunch of wrong ways. But I don't think there's any, any like legitimately like this is the best way in that. There's no day. book on it, but everybody yeah. wants to read. One. Oh, there's a lot of books, but none of them. I know, I think, and are, I believe are they're all wrong because yeah. they're usually not what you would do yourself. Right. That's the hardest thing for people when they're parenting is they they do what they think is right, not yeah. how they feel. Yeah. And it's like you got to do how well, you feel as long as I, you I, have the best interest in mind. I mean, there are. I don't know that we've talked there. about this. I used to, I did a podcast with my wife for yeah. a couple of years called OFM, our uh, our first marriage, and uh, <laughs> it's it's gone from the internet. It's wiped from the internet. Though you might still be able to find it like the Wayback Machine or something. Yeah. And the and the, the 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 files are all still there. The 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 podcast files are all still uploaded on Lipson. And if you could find the website and you could click on it, it should take you to the older stuff. And that's all we talked about was parenting. And our kind of catchphrase was listen to your child, because one of the things that we found when we were, uh, you know, people were telling us all kinds of things about how to parent and, uh, you know, and our child, our first child in particular, none of that stuff was right. You know, Oh, put your kid in the car and he'll fall asleep. No, he won't. Oh my God, no, he won't. You know what he will do? He'll scream his damn head off for like as many miles as possible and fall asleep right before you get there. Or like, we'll just put him in a stroller and take him for a walk. Nope. Nope. He ne- yeah. he has never made it a full block in a stroller. 
never a full block before absolutely losing his mind kid hated it right so oh. there's t- you know all these things that people were 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 saying that we were we should do i remember we had a baby we had a, a lady who we didn't know at the time but she was pregnant and she wanted to practice with a kid boy she picked the wrong kid <laughs> oh, she picked the wrong kid. I left. We left. We went, we just went like literally a couple of blocks over, went and had dinner and got some ice cream and came back. And I told her before I left, I'm like, listen, he's, he's very, you know, this is before he could, he could really crawl, I think. And, uh, he's like very active. You know, he likes to be moving. And I said, you know, we, we I used to put him in the baby Bjorn, which is that, that like front pouch thing that yep. you see parents with. Yep. And he likes to face out. Right. He wants to face out, yeah. wants to see what's going on. And, you know, like we would put them in there. My wife would put them in there and do the dishes or I would put them in there and do like housework or, you know, whatever. We'd go for walks and that sort of thing. I'm like, listen, if he's if you can't get him to calm down because he doesn't, you know, he's he's at least a little cranky. Just put him in the baby Bjorn and vacuum. And she's like, I'm totally not doing that. That sounds like you're trying to get me to clean your house. I'm like, I'm not telling telling you to do it. I'm telling you if all else we came home. She was vacuuming with that baby and the baby Bjorn. It was hilarious. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, there is no right way to parent, but I, you know, I guess a while ago I just realized that, you know, my kids are going to hear it and they do hear it on movies and TV and, <clears> and, and, uh, my 14 year old, I think it was yesterday was running around, around the house singing a song about cocaine. I was like, what the hell are you? Th- what are you singing? It's like nothing. I'm like, you know, I mean, they're just going to hear it. So I, you know, I use it. I don't use it at them, like, or even really at people all that much. I use it the way you hear me use it now as sort of like, uh, punctuation or adjectives or whatever. Uh, and a lot of times it's for humor's sake with my kids. So, you know, that they're older now for the most part. Yours are even older than mine, right? If I'm, yeah. if I remember correctly. So that's not, I yeah. Mean, it's, I just gave I, up. That was just something I, my wife cusses, I cuss. It's not a big deal. I used to swear like, like, like all of us when we were kids, right? Just and not around my parents, obviously. Sure. But then once I had kids, I was like, all right, I'm shutting this off. Um, and my dad taught me a long time ago. He's like, he, one of his things was, if you're swearing, it means you're not smart enough to come up with something better to say. Yeah. <laughs> and so it stuck with me. And I've got some <laughs> friends that are like really, really smart that are like, you know, like the engineers and yeah. like crazy people. And they swear like, like sailors. It's yeah. ridiculous. Yeah. Um, and so I don't believe that a hundred percent, but. I went with that on me because I'm like, when I found that I was doing it, I was just it's like, I was just so angry and I had nothing better to say. So that's what I yeah. did. And it worked for me with the kids and it helped me control myself too and to not sure. lose my temper, right? If I can keep myself in control. Yeah. And, uh, and then I, it just, like I said, I don't use going. it that way for the most part. I don't use it when yeah. I'm angry. Yeah. And I don't get angry all that much around here. I get angry, uh, of course, occasionally kids you can't not get angry it's part of having children it's like it's like a perk (laughs) whether you wanted it it or not you're gonna you're gonna lose your cool uh but uh yeah i mean we just it's not like it's not like we're running around here cursing all the time but we it i just don't i 
think about what I say. And it, whenever, almost every time I would venture to say every time a curse word leaves my mouth, regardless of, uh, the situation I'm in, I, 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 I made a conscious decision to say it. Just like when I, the, the stuff I've said so far on this podcast, there may or may not have been an audible pause, but it mentally there was a, are you going to say it? Yeah, you're going to say it. Okay. Yeah. And then it came out. So. Right. Was, yeah. It's like, ah, I'm in safe space. Okay. I can do it. Yes. <laughs> yes. Um, I heard it. Like, I th- was it last week's podcast? You had somebody talking about, they mentioned their kids and you, you were hysterical. <laughs> I, I listen to you guys most of the time. When I'm doing my lawn and it takes me about an hour and 15 to, to do my lawn. So I'm like, I get a good chuckle while I'm yeah. mowing the lawn. And I, I almost, I was laughing so hard because you were like, Oh, you got kids. Oh, you ain't. I can't remember what it was, but you went <laughs> off. Like you haven't seen anything yet. And it's like, it was so fun. Like a little kid or something like that. I can't yeah. Remember well, the thing, of, the thing about home theater and parents. So the thing about parents in general. Uh, we all have humongous plans on what we're going to do. Right. Yeah. And a minute, some, a minute, a child has a need that goes to the back. And so, yeah. uh, this guy, if I remember the, the guy you're thinking about, I think he had just bought a house. They were, ha- they had a kid and they were having another one or something along those lines. I'm like, dude, what are you doing? Oh, I've, yeah. I've got this on my, how much money do I, I, I you know, what's, what's subwoofer show? I'm like, you're not getting any subwoofers. You're not, just stop it. He's got, he's already has like a basic system. I'm like, yeah. you just live with that. You know, oh, I want to do this and this and this, and I've got this much money saved. And no, you don't. No, you no. don't. Oh, God, I, no. Who told you you had money? You just bought a house. You have no money. You think you have money in your mind. You have money, but then you are going to realize you don't have a lawnmower. And then you, know, you also don't, you know, you don't have anywhere to trim the bushes. You don't have a vacuum cleaner. You don't have a mop. Oh my God. We bought this house. I went to Target. I bought a mop and a broom and a couple of other things. And I came home and my wife lost her mind because she does all the finances around here. And I'm like, Oh, well, we bought this house and we need, we a, need a mop. A mop. <laughs> you know, she's like, what are you doing spending money? I'm like, I don't know. Am I wrong? I feel like I did. I do something wrong. I'm in Smoky now. I'm Smoky. Yeah, on this screen on, just went like, are what, you are you okay, Tom? Do you? I don't know what's out? going on. My <laughs> screen just went smoky. Your screen just went all white. I just like bogged it up with all my anger. It does. It looks like smoke. It looks like I'm sitting here in smoke. Like, what is going if on? If I see firefighters running in the background, I'll be like, wow, you, you are there's dedicated. No but uh, yeah, I'm like, you're not spending any money on the home theater. You're not spending any money on home theater right now. You know, just, just that money's gone. It's spent. It's either going to be gone or it is gone. You're going to spend it on something else. And you're like, Oh no, this is our first house. I'm like, Oh my God, you're so, you're so cute. Your oldest (laughs) is in college, right? Yes. The second he's starting the second year. In fact, I'm dropping tomorrow. I've got a a great story regarding money, freshman year, uh, kids learning about the world well how was your first year uh, my uh, his first year of college well it is yours too because as a parent you're like what the hell is going on <laughs> oh I, I i'm gonna sound like a bad parent here because i um you know i i am not an out of sight out of mind kind of guy like i think about things very deeply and a lot and i and i, I he is not the kind of boy that you worry about you know what I mean? He's, 
you know, he, he called us one and I think his big excursion, his big thing he did while he was in college his first year is one night they all, him and some of his friends piled into a car and went to Waffle House at like 2 a.m. And my wife was, my wife's been telling that story ever since she told, he told, cause that's, that's like as out of character as yet. Like if this is his, his equivalent of like doing cocaine off of a hooker's back. You know what I mean? It's just, this is, this is as wild as this kid gets. So it's very hard for me to be like, oh, well, you know, it was a very stressful time. I'm very worried about him. I'm not worried about him. I'm worried about him never leaving his room. Is that a worry right. that you can have? I mean, I'm worried about him not making any friends. You know, I mean, he's a very personable, very out, outgoing boy, except that he doesn't ever go out. You know, like he spent the entire summer. In fact, my wife and I are like super pissed. Uh, and we're talking about how next year is going to go. Next summer is going to go because he came home and he went into his room and he barely came out for the entire summer. He went to work. He got a job, which is the same job he had last year. Went and got a job at the same place, busting tables, went to work, came home, sat in his room, did nothing else. You know, if we didn't ask him to do stuff, he just would sit in his room the entire time. He never, you know, he never saw his friends. He never made any plans, never went out, never had anybody over, never did anything. I mean, that's what we worry about. So our first year of him being gone was not exactly stressful in the way that you would think it'd be stressful. My second son, my, my middle son, that's going to be a completely different thing. His, he's a senior in high school right now. We're already like the first, our, our firstborn, we're like, you need to say yes more. Just say yes to everything. No matter what people ask you, say yes. Get out of the house. Go do stuff. Say yes. Yes, 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 yes. My middle son, I'm like, you stay the fuck home. What are you doing? Like, you are a, a walking say bad no. decision. <laughs> you know I mean? Like, like if, like this is, this should be your thought process. Okay. Somebody proposes something to you to do something. You, your whatever your immediate reaction is, do the opposite. So if, if it seems like that's a good idea, you're not doing it. That should be, you know, cause he is, and unfortunately he's a lot like me. I'm very, I can be very impulsive. And when I was his age, I was very impulsive and he is extremely impulsive. He's very, he takes risks. He's uh not afraid of anything. He's, you know, he's got, like, I'll give you an example. All right. So, um, he, he decided he was going to start cycling, right? Is he going to cycle with me? Mm course not he's not gonna cycle with me i'm his dad right i've been cycling for years he's not gonna cycle with me he's gonna he's gonna borrow one of my bikes and then he's gonna go cycle with his friends right so he goes for a ride and he tells me he's gonna go with this kid who i've never heard of before and they're gonna ride for like 40 40 miles or something like that i'm like that's ludicrous you haven't you haven't sat on a bike you haven't sat on a bike long enough to know that but yeah yeah, like you you have no idea right so he goes for a 40 mile ride and i think it ends up being like 46 and then uh he comes back and and he's like well so that was that was fine and he was he wasn't complaining he did stuff with his friends second ride he does a metric he does 62 miles with his same oh. same friends, and he convinces a bunch of his other friends to go with him, who have also never cycled, right? So they're all out there cycling, and half of them are dropping off because none of them can. Who's who thinks going sixty two miles on your second bike ride is a good idea? Right. And you know they're not exactly hauling; they're doing like thirteen mile an hour average. Yeah. So they're out there for like five and a half hours in the floor of the heat in summer. Brutal, right? Ugh. So he does one more ride after that, and he goes with me 
to a group ride in the mornings. Like we, I do these group rides in the morning with the geriatrics, which of which I think I am a one now. I think I qualify because I've been around them for so long and they're all retired. Yep. But there's like, you know, we'll go on rides. There'll be 60 people on these rides, massive rides, right? So we go out there on, on these rides. We go do this ride and we come back, right? This is his day. His, this is his, after his fourth ride. So we did like 30 miles. Does 30 miles in the morning. He comes back. He goes to a study hall thing for his friends, right? After that, he goes to a uh, cross-country practice where he goes and runs for however long he runs in the floor. It's 114 degrees with heat index here, right? You can't sweat here. Yeah. I mean, you can. It just doesn't go anywhere, right? <laughs> so he, now, so he's, he's cycled. He's run cross-country. He comes back. He go. He comes back. He eats dinner, I think. Then he goes out with his friends and plays pickleball. And from the pickleball court, he goes directly to the gym to work out with another friend. That's one day with this boy. That's one day. I'm like, are, are, are you okay? Are you, are you feeling okay? He's like, next day he was like, I'm a little sore. I'm like, you think? Yeah, think. <laughs> so hey, that, he's I mean, got that's energy. Well, that's good. So yes. So in fact, the cycling thing has actually been good for him because, um, you know, he's gotten to, him and his friends. They're all, you, we were talking about hazing earlier. He is, uh, he, he is not in the fraternity because he's in high school, but he's kind of in the fraternity. <laughs> him and his yeah. friends all look exactly the same. They all, you know, they're very active. They do, they're part of the social club called Interact, which is a, uh, well, that's a fraternity a, then. If you're in a yeah. club or something, yeah, yeah something like yeah. that. They do everything but live together. So yeah. he's, uh, you know, he's got that. So, so the, the cycling has been good because they want, they try to get up because they're out there for so long because they cycle so damn slow. I mean, 13 miles an hour. I just kill myself and sit, go yeah. up. To, to do that. Oh. You know, it's brutal sitting out there for five and a half hours on those little seats. And he comes, uh, he comes in, uh, he gets up at like five. He, they leave at 5 a.m. So he's getting up at like four o'clock in the morning. So he can't go out partying with his friends the night before and he does that on like a saturday or sunday morning so i'm like hey cycle away man use my bike that's fine but now is that the one that had the uh that thought he caused the accident in your group ride last week he did that's just that's the group ride that was the group ride yeah he thought he caused the accident it was and <laughs> and since then i've seen i've seen some of the people that were in part of that accident and it was just it, it's just okay so for those of you that don't understand how group rides work there are a massive amount of people in these rides. I like, I think this ride was like around 40, 45 people. Maybe it might have yeah. been slightly smaller, but it doesn't really matter. And yeah, you said this, you've been doing some with like 60 people in it, right? Yeah. Especially That's on great. like, uh, so every Saturday they have the, the, the same, the St. Pete, uh, bicycle club has a Saturday organized ride and they send out different groups at different speeds. So the ride itself, like you'll get there and there could be 80 people there waiting to go, but they're not all going at the same speed. So, Right. There'll be like, there's uh, a 25 plus, which is an uncontrolled ride. Just get out there and be stupid. Uh, there's a, there's supposed to be a 24 control that goes only in one direction. And there's 22, 20, 18, and 16 that go in two different directions. So there's, you know, f- eight possible rides you could go on. Uh, in theory, they don't always mm-hmm. all fill up or, you know, people decide not to go on them or whatever. But, uh, you know, I do the 22s, uh, on those Saturdays and during the week, it's either Monday, Wednesday, Fridays are 20 mile an hour groups. And then Tuesdays and Thursdays are supposed to be 18, but they're really more like 19. 
mm. basically 20. So we went on a Tuesday on a slower ride for him. And somebody at the front slammed on their brakes and then it's just like a domino effect. You know, yeah. the, you know, first person's, and I was like eight people back and my son was behind me and, uh, we slowed down from like 19 to 15 in the space of like a second, which is not enough time. So everybody was, so I slammed on my brakes. He slammed on his brakes. Everybody else slammed on their brakes and each person behind gets a little bit slower to the point where, and I talked to the people that were part of the accident, uh, the person who crashed or hit the ground. Um, and they basically came to a stop. They came to a, a yeah. complete stop because of how far back they were. Luckily we were, cl- we were, we were in the front and this guy f- stopped and then fell over and then somebody fell over on top of him as well. Yeah. Was, What's your gapping? Was, like, are you guys drafting and gapping or are you? We all draft. Relaxed? Yeah. I mean, I, it, it, for me, like I'm particularly, so I was cycling with a friend during when I first started cycling and he was like, you got to stay close. You got to draft off of me. And like, he was stronger than I was at the time. <laughs> he still thinks he's stronger than me, but I'm pretty sure that's not the case anymore. But <laughs> he doesn't want to hear that. There's a lot of things he doesn't want to hear, but that's, uh, that's one of the things he doesn't want to hear. But, uh, yeah, he's, yeah, at the time I was, I was, uh, I was, just start kind of started cycling. So he was, he was in front of me and he's like, you got to draft close. You got to draft close. You got to stay right on me. You know, just keep your wheel right on mine. You know, you should, what do you tell me? Like a quarter, you should be as close as a quarter. I'm like, that's stupid, but whatever. I'll stay close. So I was staying close, but, uh, yeah, I was suffering. So I dropped, I, I dropped down into the, the drops, which are, if you think of a 10 speed bike, for those of you that don't know, it's the bottom part of the curl of the, the handlebars. Well, you can't really reach the, at least on my, this bike that I was riding, you can't, it's really hard to reach the brakes. You can, but you have to kind of like set yourself up for it first. And the idea is, you know, on the drops, you're lower, you're more aerodynamic. So you cut, I don't know, it seems like you can get a little bit more power into the pedals that way. Uh, whatever. It doesn't really matter. At the time, I was just looking for any advantage I could because I was suffering. We were going about 22 miles an hour. Well, he's in front of me. I'm a, I'm right on his wheel and he stops pedaling and sits up. And turns around to say something to me, oh, but no. when he when he does, he slows down. My yeah. back wheel, my front wheel, it's like opening a parachute at twenty two. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, so, so my back up. wheel, my front wheel passes his back wheel, and then when he turns his his shoulders to turn around to say something to me, the bike turns so that his rear wheel slams into my front wheel, which means that we're basically stuck together, and I cannot, I can't oh. turn my bike off of him because of how turning works in cycling right and because you have to turn a, you, if you're going to turn left you turn right a little bit and then you turn yeah. left you push um, on yeah it's it's very counterintuitive but it's yeah. physics <laughs> it, it's physics and if you've ever if you ever seen somebody drive a car and like when they're driving they they if they're going to make a left turn they kind of like turn a little bit right and kind of make this weird sort of that they they're doing that because of cycling that's they that's how they turn a bicycle and that's right. that's what you don't have to do that with a car because it's got four wheels but you do have to do it with a yeah. motorcycle or or a bicycle yeah. so i couldn't get off of him so i went down at 22 miles an hour i went down and i just i mean the bike was fine i was scratched up and but ultimately fine uh but i learned up like i'm never we call that half wheeling when your wheels cross yeah uh, I'm never half wheeling anybody ever again. So I don't care if you're five feet to my right, your back wheel is in front of my front wheel. If something happens and you have to come out, you're not going to hit me no matter what. So, and most of these groups that I'm in, I don't need to draft. I don't, the draft doesn't 
you know, I can go 20 miles an hour for the entire ride without drafting. I don't need you to be there. So yeah. I, I keep a good distance between me and the people. If you have a good size group, the draft is usually big extended enough. too. Yeah. Because it's by the time if it's one person, it's, it's tighter. If you got two people in front of you, it's a little bit for, you could be a yeah. little more relaxed and it's, I mean, there's, that's like a 60 person ride. You could do that if you're used to riding by yourself and you yeah. jump into a 60 person ride, you can be done with that thing. You could do 50 miles and be like, wow, I feel like yeah. I didn't even ride. Well, that was my son. <laughs> we were, you know, we were, you know, eight or nine people in front of us and, uh, we were doing 19 miles an hour. He's like, man, this feels really easy. I'm like, hmm. I mean, there's a, Every once in a while, if I time it right, when I, when I ride, I ride from home to the, to the morning ride and there's a, like, you know, occasionally there's a beer truck that comes through the neighborhood on the way to the, the hotels. And if Teasing I catch you? it just right, I can get, I could, I could draft oh. off that beer truck. I, sl- I'm slow pedaling 30 miles an hour. I'm just like, yeah. this is, oh it's God. nothing. It did the, it just sucks so, you along. I was out on a ride with my uncle who's like 30 years older than me. And this was when I was in, in my forties, early forties. I was in good shape. I was in, in like, I, I do hundreds on my own. I, right. you know, whatever. No problem. Uh, this particular week, my wife and I, I think we experimented with the South Beach diet or something. So I oh, hadn't God. had any, like I was, my diet was off. But anyways, I'm out on a ride with him. I'm watching my heart rate. It's going through the roof. I'm working my ass off. And he get he catches up to like, not catches up. A van turns onto the road, right? And he catches the draft off the van, but I didn't. <laughs> and they go, and now, and you know what? You know what that's like. Yeah. It's like, especially if if you if anybody's ever watched the Tour de France or any tour, and you see that poor bastard drop off the peloton. <laughs> How much work it takes to get back there. It's like three times the energy from the guys that are already there. Yeah. And then I finally catch back up to my uncle and I'm like, <laughs> and he's like, what's the matter, Deech? <laughs> and I'm like, oh my God, my heart rate at the time, I was like, I was like 189. Just, we finished the ride and be, I think because of that, it took a few miles. My average heart rate for that ride was like 167. And I'm like, geez, that's one thing <laughs> we did I did like 60 miles. <laughs> so I don't, uh, I, I don't do hugely long rides. I, my, my rides usually are between 30 and 45 miles, usually 46 miles. Uh, simply because I don't have the time. You know, I don't, yeah. and, you know, I get up, I'm not getting up at four o'clock in the morning to go cycling. I, I, that's mm-hmm. a young man's game. I got no, I, I'm going to sleep. I, I sleep till six and then I get out yeah. of the house around seven, seven fifteen, sometimes seven thirty and I'll ride until nine or 10 and then I'm done. So whatever I've done in that time is what I've done. I've done metrics. I haven't done the full hundred, uh, imperial, uh, which is a hundred miles. I've done yeah, metrics a hundred, hundred, a hundred, uh, yeah, hundred kilometers, which is 62 point one or two miles, yep. whatever it is. And, uh, so I've, I, you know, I've done that, but I really don't like distance. Isn't really my thing it, it, as much as it is just getting out there and riding and have a good time and yeah. being done with it. And now, right now I'm, uh, for the last year or so, a little bit more than a year, I think now at this point, man, yeah, about that. I've been, uh, working at a bike shop in town. I started, Oh, you're working there. I thought yeah. I heard you say that in the podcast and I wasn't sure if I misheard I haven't, I haven't you really or... talked about it specifically that much in the podcast. Yeah. It's not, it, it's not that I'm embarrassed about it or that, you know, I'm no. hiding it or anything like that. It's just that, 
Uh, it, it just doesn't, you. it doesn't come up. So uh, what happened was I got new Contis, right? New, uh, Continental tires, which are yep. a bastard to put on. They are a nightmare to Tight put on seams. rims. Yeah. <laughs> so they're, they're, for those of you that aren't into cycling, it is about, uh, you know, these are tires that can be used without a tube if you, yep. re- if you really want to, which means that they have to have a really, a really good seam, a really good bead. fit bead with the, with the, uh, uh, with the rim. And so I, I told, I went to a local bike shop and I was like, Oh, I'm getting tires. On. I'm going to have you guys put them on. Cause I know they're a, they're a nightmare. He goes, well, why don't you just bring them in and I'll, and you can put them on and I'll show you how to do it. And that way you'll know how to do it. I'm like, okay, well I've changed tires before. I mean, it's not like I've never changed the tube because I've gotten flats on the side of the road, but I've never had, you know, I, hmm. I've worked with Condies before and they were such a nightmare. That I was like, I'm never doing it again. He's like, I'll just show you how to do it. Blah, blah, blah. Uh, so I went in there and, you know, the guy learned how to, to, to do them, even though I really feel like there was a bit of hazing that was going on at that moment. I'm going to be honest with you. He's like, he showed me, but he didn't tell me all the tricks. You know, it took yeah. me, a, took me a little while, but then I was like, uh, well, how, you know, how much do I owe you? And he goes, well, I tell you what, why don't you, why don't you change? I've got these, these two flat tires. Why don't you put tubes in them and we'll call it even. So, I mean, I, you know, whatever. I just did a little work for him basically. I'm like, well, you know, if I wanted to learn more about cycling, about bike, you know, maintenance, could I volunteer? He's like, yeah, you can come back whenever you want. So I started coming in, uh, for about a week or two, like a couple of days a week, uh, a couple of days a week for maybe a month. And I just would kind of show up for a couple hours, do a couple of things and then leave. Um, and then eventually I got good enough where he was like, yeah, well, I think I called him and said, listen, you should start paying me. He goes, yeah, I was thinking the same thing. <laughs> so, <laughs> so you know, what it's really ended up being is, uh, you know, I, I do get paid. I get paid for going there and you know, it's not a huge amount of money, but I don't pay for bicycle parts or maintenance anymore. Right. So if something happens to my bike and things happen to bikes all the freaking time, yep. uh, I just go in there and grab whatever parts I need and put them on my bike. And if I have a problem, he can help me or the owner can help me or one of the other mechanics can help me. And, uh, you know, so I've been there long enough that, you know, I mean, I've worked on just about everything at this point. Haven't done a bunch of hydraulic brakes or any of that, but I've done yeah. a lot of other stuff. Uh, so yeah, I'm, I, I mean, I'm no, a bi- being a bicycle mechanic is a lot like being a car mechanic, except without all the glamour. <laughs> it's just, uh, there's, you could, you could work, a, you could work 20 years and, and, and somebody could bring somebody in, something in and go, I've never seen that before. Right. So, I mean, I've been working a year, so there's only so much I can learn, but yes. So yes, now I've got, uh, a lot more experience with, you know, stuff like I just today, I think I did what, uh, a bottom bracket. I built like two or three bikes, uh, or actually we call them reassemblies. Cause that's when somebody gets mm-hmm. it in a box and they try to put it together and they realize it. Yeah. They well, lied to what... them on Amazon when they said, all you got to do is put the front wheel on. <laughs> right. Well, that's what my son's doing. He's actually got the, he's good for him. He's got the cycling bug. Yeah. Uh, and we both do road and mountain. And he he just did, he just built his own mountain bike. Uh, he bought a frame. I can't remember the name of it. It's out out of England. Loved it. It's a British frame. Uh, bought it used. And then he bought all the parts like used off of like eBay or Facebook marketplace. And he put it together. It's been on, it's been on Twitter. He, uh, tagged, uh, Steve George, my co-host, 
uh, and took pictures and stuff. But he he loved it because he's like, I go, yeah, you're doing what I always wanted to do. I always wanted to build my own bike, and he goes, you did because I bought a giant I bought a giant iguana in like nineteen or ninety nine or two thousand. And the only thing left on it that's original is the frame and the bottom bracket. I've, I've, I've changed everything else on it, upgraded it, like yeah. probably within the first month. And, but that's, you get like, especially mountain biking, you gotta know how to work on those bikes because well, yeah, they, break they, they break all like the crazy. time in the woods. They, I fixed one guy's bike. He didn't know a thing about it. $5,000 bike in the middle of the woods and I came across him and he's walking back to the parking lot and he's about six miles away. Oh, jeez. And I'm like, I pull out my, uh, it's literally called the uh, MacGyver tool. Pull out my tool. I'm like, I had him up and running in like 10 minutes. And he's like, how did you do that? I'm like, yeah. well, you see, I don't have the money you do, so I got to know how to fix it. That's right. Well, and it's funny too. And I, and I, and again, I'm going to bag on triathletes for a second here. Part of the problem with tri- <laughs> the part of the problem with triathletes is that they buy these stupidly expensive bikes. They're just ridiculously <laughs> expensive bikes that look like spaceships, right? All internal cable routing. You know, everything is super sleek and awesome looking. And you know what? They are a goddamn nightmare to work on. They are a yeah. wor- nightmare to work on. And triathletes, for whatever reason, not all of them, obviously, but it seems the vast majority <laughs> believe that because they spent so much money on that bike, they shouldn't have to do anything else to it. So oh. I have never, ever seen a triathlete wash a bike. Never seen it. I've seen triathletes bring bikes in, and they are filthy, oh. head to toe, covered in grime. This bike's never been washed. It's never been touched. And they're like, oh, can you install this new derailleur you know, rear mech thing that has big pulleys on it and stuff. Cause it's going to make me faster. I'm like, you don't think that maybe cleaning the half inch of grime off your chain might make you a little bit faster. You think that might, you think that might do it? No, you want the titanium bottle cage. You think that's the problem? Is yeah. Three grams you're saving right there. I think that's it. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, being able to work on a bike, it's just like, and home theater is a lot the same way, right? I think all hobbies are, to be well, fair. It's like anything that's intricate that gets, when you get that deep in it, you see these people and it's like, but yeah, I, I it's, it's brutal. Well, what happens with home theater is everyone's sold a bill of goods. They're sold, you know, because you got to remember it from from the not remember, but you have to think about it from the perspective of the people who are brand new right now, right now, yeah. not like oh yeah, twenty years ago when we started or longer for me. But uh, you know, mm-hmm. when people right now are being told, you know, you buy a sound bar and you can use any remote you want. And you'll be able to hear all the dialogue and you're going to get full surround immersive experience in audio. And it's going to be all you have to do is plug this one cable in and that's it. You're done. It's going to be everything that you want. It's going to be perfect. That's what they're told. Right. So then they get home and they plug it in and uh, it doesn't sound as good as their promise. But you know what? They, they're kind of used to being lied to by marketing. It's not yeah. that bad. But then they decide they want to add another device other than their TV's apps. And suddenly they want an Apple TV or they want a Blu-ray player or an Ultra HD Blu-ray player. or They want a game system or something like that. And they try to hook this stuff up. And all of a sudden, 
nothing works anymore because HDMI CEC is an absolute bag of cats and who knows what's going to come out of it in any given moment. So now they're flustered and they're frustrated and they go online and they're told by just the most gracious and kind people on the website Reddit that they bought garbage and they should throw it all away because they're stupid idiots for wasting their money. And, uh, you know, they're like, fuck this. This sucks. This is ter- this is this right. is not worth it. This is not worth it. So they're sold yep. this bill of go- this bill of goods that they are gonna get all this stuff. And when they try to go from that first step to the second step, it's such a a, a realization that no, you can't just you can't just go from your sound bar to your you know, add surround speakers or you can't have a sound bar and then add some stereo speakers and use your sound bar as a center. You can't add a subwoofer to your sound bar most of the time. You know, you can't, uh, add a receiver. You can't plug your, your video game system in, you know, your, your PS5 into your sound bar and get it to, or, you know, plug it into the TV, get it back to the sound bar and get full immersive audio. And even if you do, sometimes your sound bar is going to turn on for no reason or turn everything off for no reason. Right. You're not going to know why. And, uh, it's, it's frustrating. It's frustrating for them. And it's, it's hard to, to explain. Hey, you listen, we know <laughs> we, yeah. we, we agree. It sucks. It shouldn't be this way, but it is. And, uh, that's what really, that's what really gets me about, at least with bikes, right? At least with bikes, you can start with, I own a bike. I ride a bike, right? Mm-hmm. And then you can go to step two, which is I own a bike. I ride a bike. I clean a bike. And just by cleaning yeah. the bike, you get to touch all the parts and yeah, see you can what get they more. Are. You get more refined as you go along. It, but with, I, 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 in, in cycling, I think it's a little bit easier. Uh, just because there's, I hate to say, but it's my favorite part. It's, it's the, it's the mechanics and the human body in working together. That's what I love about cycling. There's so much technology that, but then it's still, you're the motor. And if yeah. you're not dedicated to this, you're not going to go anywhere anyways. So, you know, whereas home theater is, I can just sit still and everybody just wants it to work. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. And so we were kind of, uh, I think I got on that tangent because we're talking about building bikes and building bikes. You're told, you know, you buy the, you buy the bike, it comes in the box, you put the front wheel on, you're done. You know, and that's, <laughs> it's just so much more than that. You know, I, I, you know, I get bikes in all the time and people are like, it rides great. And I take the wheels off and they don't roll like the, the, the hubs, the hub. It, it's so inside the, the center of your rim or your wheel, there is what's called a hub and the hub has the bearings in there and the axle and everything else. Right. So there's a, so some adjustments that you can make that either loosen or tighten up the cones or they're called cones on either side of the hub, which hold the bearings in and also keep the, keep everything tight, keep everything, you know, rolling the way it should. But a lot of times when they come from the factory, they're put on, I swear to God, they put them on with pneumatic to, uh, pneumatic tools. It just, and then it's yeah. done. Right. So they, they send it off and it is, I mean, those things don't move and it's, it's surprising. It's surprising how poorly a bike can, 
can be set up and it will, and people will still write it and go, I don't know, it feels fine to me. I mean, they still yeah. don't know the difference. Well, it's like being in an abusive relationship. You don't know how bad you have it until you get a good bike, right? You right. get a good bike and you're like, Oh my God, what was I doing yeah. with this old bike? I'm like, I don't know, yeah. man. You should have left that bike a long time ago. Yeah. It's the same sort of thing. So, uh, <laughs> your bike's beating you up. <laughs> it is though. It really, yeah, it is. really is. You know, uh, and, and the people that actually ride bikes, like the people, like I, like, oh, Tom, you ride bikes all the time. I ride about 120 to 150 miles a week. That's where, that's what I ride. Right. That sounds good like for a, lot. a Floridian. Yeah. Not so bad. <laughs> up here. They're, that's amazing because yeah. we don't get the year round riding that you do. <laughs> that's right. Right now I'm, uh, I am 50 miles off of a hundred mile, hundred mile a week average, which is what I'm going for, oh, for nice. the entire year. But, uh, which I should be able to make up in a week or two. But, um, we, uh, you know, there's people here that ride um, in, in, you know, unhomed or, you know, or more transient lifestyles will say they ride a hundred miles a day. They're just yeah. always, always on the, and these, the bikes they're on and my particular shop in, in the, the shop that I, I work at is not one of the high end, like we only sell road bikes and expensive stuff mm-hmm. and we don't, you know, whatever. We service all kinds of bikes. So I service these bikes all the time and we tend to take a little bit extra care with those, those people because man, they put miles, like I'll put a tire on a bike and I'll see that person back in a month and that tire will be toast. And we're not talking wow. like, you know, high end road tires, which will wear out really quickly because they're meant for a couple of races and you're done. We're yeah. talking like extra thick, meant for daily commuting sort of things, you know, 26 by 2.125 tires with like a quarter inch of rubber on them. They'll come back with holes in them in like a month. I'm like, what are you doing? Like, oh yeah, I just rode over here from, and they'll tell me where I'm like, that's like 30 miles away. Like you rode over here and it's like 10 o'clock in the morning. <laughs> what are you doing here at 10 o'clock yeah. in the morning? <laughs> 30 miles away. And they're like, that's where I live. I'm like, Oh my God. Yeah. The so, guy that runs my, uh, the bike shop I go to is in the town I used to live in. I still travel out there when I get for tune ups or I want them to do anything. And he used to, when we were young, he's the same age as me. And when we were younger, he'd ride 30 miles to a race yeah. and then ride home. Right home and I'm like, what, like, how are you? I'm like, how are you racing? I'm like, I couldn't do 30 miles and then race. I'm like, I gotta. I'm like, and he's like, no, that's my warm up. I'm like, good for you, buddy. What, what was he was doing crits. He was doing the criteriums. I don't, I don't know. Oh, I mean, he was just, that's... He, but yeah, he did a lot. He did a lot of riding, like road riding. I got. Yeah. He did a little bit of mountain biking. I did. A lot of. Both. I haven't done a bunch. I haven't done much mountain biking. The uh, there's a place here called Alafaya, which is a well known. You know, it's it was a mining land. They mined phosphate or something out of it, and then oh. the company, you know, companies afterwards were required to go and turn it into a park of some sort or whatever. This whole area, so they they turned part of this area into a, a mountain bike course, and it's. I mean, it's, it's really well maintained and they, it's pretty well known. Like I'm, I'm led to believe that it is one of the better mountain biking places in the country. Anyway, oh, okay. in, in Florida, it's all man-made, obviously that does all built yeah. up and stuff like that. But we go out there. They have a bike shop on, on, on site. 
on site and you just you just go online and you're like yeah i want to run i want to run a bike man for like 70 bucks for a day for like you know or maybe 80 dollars or something like that for like eight hours i'm like i'm not riding a bike for eight hours out there it's just not going to happen oh. but i'll rent it for the entire time so that i can take breaks and everything else but we'll go out there we'll rent a bike and, I, and i'm like i don't have to fix it <laughs> i don't have to yeah. worry about getting in the accident i mean if something happens yes i do have to pay for it you know if i do something stupid but um that's yeah, it's it's great you know i like i like mountain biking i would do it more and my i think as a family my wife likes it too uh but uh it's just not convenient i mean live in florida what are you gonna do yeah no that's that's actually my first love of biking is mountain biking and then my buddy his dad was throwing away a road bike and I took it, painted it, rebuilt it, and started riding it just for fun. And what I found is the the fitness I was getting off just being on the road. Because road biking is, I mean, they're two completely different oh, animals. Not even, mountain, it's not even, the, yeah. not even close to the same thing. It's not even Mountain biking is a full body workout if yeah. you're doing it right. <laughs> it's like, yeah. I'm not talking like you're on a like gravel trail on a yes. comfy bike than calling it mountain biking. I'm talking like either downhill mountain biking or cross country mountain biking. Like right. where you're literally like working harder than on, than you do on the road is just the, the funny it's, thing it, about road biking. You know, on the road, you're just it, cranking. Yeah. Well, the, the goal on the road is to keep your upper body as still as possible. And right. have only the energy that you need to use come out of your legs. And so every like bit of it go into the, into the tires. The bike. Yeah. Yeah. Every bit. And, of and, it. and, and it's, it, you know, if you're not, if you're wavering and you're moving side to side, oh, you're doing it wrong. Everything's yeah. going to go down to your legs. And you take that fit. And I, I studied it. I, I read everything I could. And then I took that fitness. Went into the wood, went back into the woods, and you're like, all you, all my friends are like, would you wait a second? Yeah, <laughs> it's like I, I'm literally we were, I was out with uh, two of my buddies and my brother in law, and we're going up a mount up a mountain in New Hampshire, and finally, and, and I'm gonna drop the f bomb here because this is what happened. He's like, my brother in law just stopped. I could hear him about twenty yards behind me, thirty yards behind me. Where the fuck are we going? <laughs> and I was like, okay, time to go back down the mountain. <laughs> Because I'm just like pedaling. I'm having a ball. I'm like, yeah. what goes up must come down. I got to get to the top so I can go down it. That's and right. I'm like, yeah. Down's the fun part. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So when you're – and those of you that have cycled or haven't cycled or whatever, you can kind of imagine this. But at some point when you start cycling, you get to the point where your legs are – you don't think about them anymore. Like I don't think about my legs when I cycle, right? I think, Oh my, this feels hard. I need to shift or this feels easy. I need to shift or, you know, you know, whatever my legs, the, 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 my legs give me feedback about how fast I think I'm going or how fast I should be going or, you know, these other things, but I'm not thinking, I'm not like thinking about moving them. They just, yeah, you know, it's just sort of a thing that's happening below me while I'm trying to maintain my speed. Whereas when you first start cycling, you're, you know, I mean, that's like most of what you're thinking about is trying. It's like how much, how much longer do I have to keep do, do, do this? You know, when I took three weeks off for that vacation I did at the beginning of summer, coming back, I mean, I felt it yeah. big time. You know, yeah. it takes a while to get to get back in that fitness, but you know, you're right. You know, at some point you're just like, oh, these are just my legs. I don't. Yeah. 
They're just they're, literally they're just, like they're just doing their thing. Pistons. <laughs> <laughs> they're just doing. They're just doing what they yeah. need to do. You know what I found out though through triathlons. I didn't think it was possible. Um, my friend told me she's like, you should do triathlons, and I'm like, because I was. I loved cycling and I was teaching her how to do, you know, cause she right. was doing triathlons with her dad and she's like, I want you to teach me how to ride. So I was like, okay. And they're like, you need to do triathlons. And I'm like, no, I can't swim. And they're like, <laughs> like, I mean, I could swim, but not competitively. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like I, I didn't sink. I just didn't know how to do it. Well, just like I say, I, I can't run. I, I clearly can yeah. run. I just, I'm, I'm unwilling to do so for any sort of right. length of time. But the the problem is, even if you can't run, if it's part of the race, you just put sneakers on and you go. You're not going to drown. No. Swimming, there's an inherent fear of drowning. Well, I, I, <laughs> like I was talking to my kids. Do it my, right. My kids about that. One of the, my middle son, who's 17 years old, so he knows everything, and he was like, "Well, <laughs> they, 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 they put the running at the end because it's the easiest part. Because he's like, oh, running's the Mm-mm. easiest part. Running these. I was like, no, you. They, they're in order of danger of death." Okay, so yeah. you, know, you swim first because you're fresh, and, you, and, if, and you're unlikely to drown because you're right. fresh, right? And then you cycle second because you'll you'll be a little bit less fresh, but you won't be as tired as you will be at the end. So if you right. hit the ground, you know you, you'll be less likely to hit the ground at twenty yeah. or thirty miles an hour, <laughs> however fast you're going to go. And it, then running at the end, if you collapse, well, you just <laughs> You, you get a concussion or something. You just collapse. If you've ever right seen there. the finish of like the Iron Man or oh, something, yeah. and you see these guys and they're passing out because they've miscalculated yeah. their input to output, right? Yeah. And that's all it is. And it's yeah. like you've it's because you can only kind of like NASCAR. You can only put so much fuel in it at a time, and you can bur- and they 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 miscalculated. You don't want to have the swimming at the end yeah. and have them miscalculate. <laughs> miscalculate. Hey, we got Johnny Smith coming in here and he's, uh oh, oh, ready to go. <laughs> we lost, we lost them. That's exactly right. So, and, and it's, you know this, but in cycling, we call it bonking, right? So yes. you, you, oh. you, when you don't eat enough and I your body, that. your body, I heard you talking about it a few weeks ago. Your body gives up basically. Your body's like, well, yep. guess what? We're out of fuel. And they're like, you're like, oh, no, you just push through. Like, I'm a big believer in my own personal willpower, okay? Let me tell you something. There are limits. I don't care what yeah. movies make you believe that you, if you just believe you can do it. No. When you bonk on a bike, when you bonk in running and you bonk however you might bonk, which mm. is just basically – your body runs out of reserve fuel. You just, there is nothing else. Yeah. That, it cannot process fat fast enough. It, there's no fuel left in you. You get dizzy. You, you start hallucinating. You get dizzy. Like I've been at the end of rides and been, I, I've been with people. And I'm like, listen, are we going downhill? And they're like, nope. I'm like, uh, it's a bad <laughs> sign. <laughs> <I am. laughs> like, cause my perspective indicates to me yeah. that we are currently going downhill. Like, well, I'm glad you feel that way. Cause we still got a ways to go. I'm like, I need to eat something like it's too late. If you, uh, if you've bonked, it's at that point, it's it, too late. Yeah. I, so, my first century, I, I got up in the morning. I left the house at five o'clock and I took my wallet, a bottle of water. And like I ate before I ate a little bit before I left. And but the idea was I was going to do two hours, stop, get get a drink and stop for no more than 10 minutes. You get a drink and then you keep going. So I was carrying as little as possible and I was going north 
50 miles. I knew that's up until Woburn. And I'm like, I went in through Boston and everything. But anyways, did my 50, hit the 50, and you figure once you hit 50, you made it because now you got to turn around and go home, right? You so no you got to do 100. <laughs> yeah. I got caught. I, I got lost up oh. in the Woburn area. And I'm like, on these back roads, I'm starting to get, I'm bonking. And I'm yeah. like, I, and I couldn't find a store. So I uh, had nothing. Yeah. And then finally I find a store and I go in in my, my clipless shoes, <laughs> clink, 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 spandex. Yeah, man. <laughs> but I didn't care. Look and I'm like, sex, I. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm surprised they didn't give me this stuff. Just get out. Get out. <laughs> You're creeping everybody out and you smell very odd. Like you don't <laughs> yeah. smell normal. Like no, I, I know what sweat no. smells like. I don't know what you're doing, but it's not sweating anymore. Might be blood. You need to leave. The the best is like you got that crazy hair because of the vents in the helmet. (laughs) There's this one guy I cycle with. He's so freaking annoying. He takes his helmet off. His hair's perfect. Every time I'm like, how is this possible? Like, What helmet are you wearing? So my first... Yes. I bon- Anyway, so I bonked. I grabbed a Gatorade, a Snickers, and a water. Filled my water bottle. Drank the Gatorade. Ate the Snickers. And Tom, it was like you could feel the fuel level on yeah. your body go. <laughs> I got back on the bike. It was like, and literally, I wasn't on the off the bike for more than 10 minutes. And you get back on the bike. It was like I got new legs. I got yeah. new everything. I'm like, here we go. <laughs> right. That sugar in you. Yeah. yeah. I, uh, I had been talking with this, uh, this, so me and one friend were cycling together and we were, both of us are absolute amateurs. Neither one of us knows a thing about cycling, but we started cycling together about the same time. He started cycling first and then I started with him afterwards. And, uh, neither one of us really knew that much. We had been talking to this other guy who was a more experienced cyclist and he's like, you gotta eat when you cycle. I'm like, that's dumb. I am not on this bike to gain weight, sir. I am on this bike to lose weight. So therefore yeah. eating is stupid. So, uh, <laughs> I mean, I don't know who taught yeah. you math, but you can't lose weight by adding calories. That's not how this works. So we go for this ride and you know, we were riding about 20, 24 miles, right? 20, about 20, 24 miles, which is about, you know, even at, at that pace, we were still, you know, less than two hours. So we weren't out there for really long enough to really bonk out. You were tired, you were sore, but you weren't really yeah. bonking. Well, we decided to do this. You're like, oh, we're going to go out to this other place. And it's, uh, this was during COVID. So there wasn't a lot of traffic or anything else. And we have to go over this very big bridge, which is equivalent of a mountain for you, you people. Uh, and for you people, for me, I'm like, oh, that's cute. (laughs) Uh, so anyways, it's, it's 35 mile round trip, 35 mile round trip. And I, 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 drive to his house with my bike and then we ride together this 35 miles and I drive home. The way home, I could not keep my foot on the accelerator consistently. I had to keep switching feet because my legs were just like quivering. Oh, yeah, yeah. Just yeah, absolutely. And I was like, I feel awful like i got home yeah. i i ate a little i like i'm nauseated i'm 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 i can't control my body i tried to go home and go to sleep you know couldn't couldn't sleep because your body's just like starving you need to eat and i was like i i don't feel good i can't eat when i don't feel good and it, it was an absolute mess uh i've only bonked a handful of times or maybe even less than that maybe only three or four times total and but that one right there was after that i was like yeah, I think maybe we should start eating when we're cycling. 
think yeah. maybe maybe that's that's it. So my son, who's doing all the cycling stuff, the first and about only piece of advice he listened to from me was eat. You have to yeah. eat. You have to continue to eat. You will not make it. You will you not go eat right though too. Yeah. And I I used to want to make a T-shirt. Um, it crap in, crap out. Yeah. Because if you put crap, if you don't eat right, you're gonna crap out. You you're gonna bunk because it's it's wasted calories that your body can't use, and you'll you'll feel like your your numbers will be different. Your speed, everything will be off yeah. if you don't eat right. And it's, and that's why, like you said, like triathletes, it's like, oh, it's like, I gotta eat this. I gotta do that because it is, it's, you're fueling the engine. And if you screw it up, it's not going to work. And the, right. I mean, and obviously the, 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 the length of a, a real triathlon, like a real triathlon is nuts. I know. I don't, I don't yeah. it's like a marathon uh, over a hundred miles on the bike. And then whatever the swimming part is, I don't know what that is. Yeah. It's two point two point. To, I did a half, which was one, no, it's four miles. I did a half, which was 2.1 mile swim. Yeah. Uh, it's like 50 or 60 something. I forget exactly. Yeah. Uh, and then it's 72 miles total. Yeah. Is the thing. And then you, you, you wrap it up with a half a marathon. Yeah. So that's, and that's a half Ironman. I mean, that's just, that's, that's nuts. Yes. You do have to train and eat and do mm-hmm. a bunch of other stuff, but somebody like me who's never going to do that. Ever, you know, uh, there's only so much of talking about pickle juice I can take before I'm like, okay, listen. <laughs> that we started. We're done. We're done with the pickle right. juice. We're done talking about pickle juice. I don't care yeah. how you store it. You know, <laughs> I, don't, I don't care about your stupid bike that you that you pee all over. That's the other thing. Triathletes I don't do that. Are gross. All right. Never did that. Yeah. Never had to do that. Let's I, just I've say. I've, I've had run some in the very woods funky... on my run part, but I've never done it off the bike. Never <laughs> There's had a to very do that funky, funky try, try bikes come into the shop where you're like, I'm not touching that seat. That's not, that saddles, saddles not for me. So. My try bike was the first piece I ever bought off of eBay. My first thing I ever bought off of eBay. I don't know how, I gotta... like the, 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 the big, the big, the, the big people who are really into triathlons, you know, sometimes they'll, they're the ones that got the money, they'll buy a new bike every year, the, the, the oh. newest bike, and then they sell their old one. That's, I mean, you could mm. see it. There's a Facebook group I'm a member of that, that does that. That, that's, that just, you could see when the, the new bikes come out because all the old bikes go up, right? And there, it's their they hobby. Yeah. It's their hobby. So. Fair enough. Just like home theater, new gear comes out. We got to get it, right? So there you go. And that, I mean, why don't we look at that segue, Tom? Look at I that. know. It was, it was masterful. Cool. Yeah. It wasn't, I know. A, it wasn't at all telegraphed. I don't, I didn't try to segue us like five or six times already into this and you kept pulling us back to cycling, but whatever. I, I love to talk cycling. I so. can talk cycling. I know. I stopped listening to the I, Cycling Dads podcast because they stopped talking about cycling. I'm like, I, guess what? What do they what? talk about? Home theater? They talk about their stupid <laughs> kids and, and, and their stupid uh, parenting. There too. There, yeah. there's only so much of them, right. their bad parenting I can listen to. And I, and they may be great parents, but like they're brand new parents. You know what I mean? And they talk about, yeah, they talk about, oh, this is how I'm, I'm, I'm never going to lie to my kid. I'm like, you. Oh Come God. back and revisit this yeah. topic in 10 years, okay, yeah. when you have done nothing but lie to your children because that's what you're going to do. My wife said the same thing. She was like, oh, we're I've never, never lied to him, but I didn't tell him everything. 
It's like which that is, is ex- that is exactly <laughs> man, believe me. If you sat down with them and said, is, "Do you consider a lie that I never told you that I did this?" I'd be yeah, yeah. because you yeah. were like really hard on me about that. I'm like, yeah, I know it's because that's I did it. That's why I know yeah. you shouldn't do it, well, dummy. My, yeah, I did the like I never graduated college, yeah. but I didn't want my kids to know that because I wanted them to go into it like me, thinking, yeah. "Hey, my kid, my parents went to college, sure. and I need to do that." and if they were going to not go to college or not finish like me, yeah. I want them to have that pressure to think that it's there, that right. it needed to be done. But then when each of them graduated, I said, I've never graduated. And they're like, you didn't? And they're like, you told me you did. I go, I never said I graduated. Oh, that I said doesn't I sound went. like a lie at all. <laughs> exactly. Even Tom, listen, to even we were driving by my college at, where I went and my son saw the graduation ceremony being set up. And he was only like eight. Yeah. And he goes, what color did you wear when you graduated? I was like, well, when I graduate, when I, when, when my college graduates, it's a, it was a junior college and the girls wore the white and the boys wore red. When mom graduated, she got, she got a bachelor's and they all wore black. Nothing and like he's semantics. Like, oh, exactly. <laughs> but I never forgot because I, I was like, how do I say this without lying? Okay, let me go. It's like, yeah. <laughs> so anyways, I mean, you know. Yeah. All right. Let's get to home theater. Home theater. All right. The AV Rant, the podcast that gets you the necessities. Yeah. Answers your questions, whatever they might be. I know. Answers your que- Well, actually, the podcast that has Rob answer the questions while Tom. <laughs> well, Tom makes snarky comments and is sometimes <laughs> wrong in the background because he refuses to do any research beforehand. I, you know, Rob is great and, uh, <sighs> and, and I love Rob, but, and he, j- he does a lot of work to make sure that the, uh, that, that he's got the answers for you. And yes, that's, and we talked about it. On this last podcast, the one before yep. that, I don't remember, but where I, you basically somebody was asking us about how much work it goes into it. And, you know, the reason why the podcast is the way it is is because that's the way Rob wants it to be. And the, hmm. and I don't care enough to fight him about it. I mean, it, right. it sounds like an abusive relationship, but it's not. It's just sort of, you know, he is, he's, he's, uh, he very much wants this type of podcast. And I was like, well, if you want this type of podcast, then you're going to have to do that amount of work. And I'm happy to go along with it, you know, as, as, yeah. as part, as the person who started the podcast as a different type of podcast. So, um, it's not that I can't get the information that he gets or I can't answer the questions, you know, in the, in the same right. vein, but he certainly has been doing it. He, he's got a lot of information at his fingertips anyways. But he is doing a ton of research for each one of those answers. And, uh, uh, you know, he's often, he's, I would say 90% of the time, you know, the advice he gives is right. And I, cause I take his advice and sometimes afterwards I'm like, eh, I shouldn't have bought that. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's not a, nothing that he's ever recommended to me to buy has ever been a bad purchase. But right. it's it, it's sometimes you know there's only so much data that you can have that so that there are times when after you know after some time has passed I'm like uh you know the reliability wasn't as good as we thought it was going to be or they 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 didn't they didn't keep updating it the, the way we thought they were going to and that sort of thing so Rob has done I think far more than 
any normal person would ever do to answer people's questions on that podcast. And I'm happy to let him have the spotlight while he does that. I'm, I'm, I feel very oh, yeah. fortunate that he is, he is willing to do all that work. I think we're all fortunate. Yeah. I've said it to you guys on Thanksgivings. I th- I've said it like when you guys have been on or he's been on. It's like, we're all very fortunate that, I mean, like I said to you, one of the first times I talked to you, we're all very fortunate that you, you guys started these podcasts. Yeah. You're the, and, and I said it, you're the reason monster can't sell us crappy cables anymore because <laughs> we're educated, we're educated, you know, we try before. to, we can't yeah. get HDMI to fix their stupid products, but we're going to keep complaining about them until somebody does. That's for well, sure. that's different. It's yeah. like, yeah, I just got educated on that a couple of weeks ago by, or a month ago by Chris Deering, but, um, but I heard yeah, about so that. I heard about that podcast. That sounded very interesting. We, got, we, we it was. gleaned some information from that as well. Yeah, Chris is awesome. Chris, I mean, he, <laughs> it's fun. I mean, I still, I still say like for the layman, HDMI is so much easier now compared to what we dealt with in the nineties and all the different inputs and all the outputs and everything. The problem right. with HDMI now is it's promising more, then it, but it's deliver. not delivering that yes. part. Right. Yeah. But I mean, yeah. the simplicity of connecting your stuff is so much easier now. It's just like plonk. That's yeah, it. people don't people don't remember the the all the RCA cables we had. We had so oh many God. RCA cables. Coax, you know, RCA, super well, component, the, the component, composite. Component video, <laughs> component video was like it was everything we needed. We didn't really need anything more than component video. We still don't. I don't think. I think it still has the bandwidth. We could still use that. We definitely really? used optical. Uh yeah. We could definitely use optical to do everything that we needed to do. We just need a new connector on it, which is what HDMI is. But, uh, we just, the simplicity of, of one, one cable for video, one cable for audio, I think would have been enough. We didn't need to slap them both into one cable for HDMI and the HDCP, of course, the, uh, it's not high definition copy protection. It's, it mean it's something I always want to say high definition copy protection, mm. but the, the, the copy protection that's, uh, built into HDMI is the real issue, uh, more than anything. Uh, that and the fact that HDMI doesn't have any sort of testing requirements or compatibility requirements built into their cable. Like they were built specifically and, and with this idea that we'll make these these features available, we'll tell you how that you can implement them, but we won't require that you implement them in any specific way. And if you do it a little bit different than anybody else and it makes it so it doesn't work, well, that's not our problem. And they just kind of shoved it out into the world that way and have had this kind of hands-on approach. And as much as THX, uh, people are like, oh, THX... Certification doesn't mean anything. Well, you know what THX certification never did? Not what it said it was going to do. Okay. When it, yeah. THX says it did something, it did it. And, and yeah. it, it does it no matter what you plug into the dang thing. So you get a THX certified loudspeaker. You can, you know how it's going to measure. You don't have to measure it. You know how it's going to measure. You know how it's going to perform, you know, at, at least at a baseline. And yeah. same thing with amplifiers within, uh, AV receivers and how they'll handle base management and a bunch of other stuff. So with, with HGMI, their kind of hands on off approach to the whole thing has just made it so that it is a complete cluster. You know, they just, they just, they made it so that it's just too easy for manufacturers to, uh, to make things that 
don't work with other people's stuff. If at not if if nothing else, if they had required that, hey, if you're going to use this feature, let's call it HDMI CC. You know, if you're going to use the uh, the command uh, the was it consumer electric control or whatever that it's called, mm. if you're going to use HDMI CC, it has to be called HDMI CC. So that way, if a if a customer had H, an HDMI CC problem, they would know that it was because of you, right? Instead of you being able to change it to any net plus or Bravia sync or whatever you're going to call it. And then it's like, well, you know, the reason why Bravia sync doesn't work with your any net plus device is because it's, it's two different devices. I mean, how could you expect yeah. them to work together? Well, you should be able to expect them to work. It's the same damn thing. It's HDMI CEC. If they had just required that they use the same name. I think it would have made a world of difference, but they didn't. And but I isn't think- that everybody trying to be proprietary? And it's like, if you use all the Sony products, it'll work perfectly. Or if you use it, as soon as you introduce another, you know, brand, well, that's when the fun happens. Right. And it's like, I mean, everybody's trying to be proprietary. That's always and, been the case. They're always going to put yeah. special names on things. Remember when we had the yellow phosphor and was it Samsung? The Samsung or LG that had yellow phosphorus for five seconds. You know, it's like, oh, we have a yellow pixel. Everybody's like, why? I don't know. I don't know. Because, it's, yeah. It's so, going to be different. You and I talked about this a little while ago. I came up with this idea. You've been hemming, you've been talking about it briefly on the show. It's tough on your show, but it's to really get into it because you're too busy answering the questions. But, there's and it, it bothers me and the same way I think it bothers you and that's why I wanted to have you on is that th- there's necessities in home theater now home theater it's quickly defined it's let's just go we're not talking soundbar here we're talking five five one five all five right point one is, or at yeah. least trying to get to five I'll, one. I'll take I'll take four point oh <laughs> well you, you know what's funny Tom. I mean, necessities for home theater, that's exact. I have, I literally have that in my notes, buddy. I'm like, I have in the eighties and nineties, your TV necessity was like, they require, like it was like 32 inches because nobody could afford a projector. And if they put anything higher, home theater was dead. Right. Because nobody could get anything else. Yeah. So 32 was your goal then. Now yeah. we can at least say as big as you can get. Yeah. But as far as sound goes, it literally, it, it, it's still what it was 30 years ago. It's 4.0. If you can get 5.0, great. 5.1. And then after that, it's now we're just refining things. Sure. But it's, it's literally 4.0 because you can do a phantom center. You don't need a subwoofer to get the experience of the pans and all the fun stuff around you. But then you you get better. 5.1 is really the sweet spot. And then after that, you're in pursuit of perfection in my book. And that's that's kind of the idea of what I wanted to talk about. So, yeah, it's 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 hard (laughs) because uh, I don't even know if it's it's pursuit of perfection as much as it is. you know, it, it, it's almost like one upsmanship when it comes to home theater. You know, people, people are like, Oh, well, you know, it, having a speaker in a place is better than yes. using DSP or using, uh, 
processing to make it sound like that sound is coming from someplace. Like nobody has ever, I mean, maybe somebody has, but most people when they have, you know, their 5.1 systems and something in a movie flew over the top of them, Mm -hmm. it flew over the top of you. It sounded Mm -hmm. that way long before Atmos was a thing, Mm -hmm. right? Long before that. So, you know, this idea that we have to have overhead speakers or, you know, more over, you know, six, you know, six overhead speakers or whatever. Oh, it sounds so much better. You are a liar. You are yeah. lying when you say these things that it is so much better. It is not. Is it better? I will grant you it is better. It is. Is it? But, but here's the thing, Tom. I don't think they're lying. I just think they don't have the experience. They oh, have no idea. There's a lot of people that I don't. If you just came in 15 years ago, you don't know. Yeah. It's like that. We had these experiences 20, 30 years ago. When I say and lying, you didn't I don't need Atmos or object based. Right. When I say lying, I do not mean that they are uh, that people are uh, are purposefully misleading. And right. I'm not saying okay. that they are they are saying something that they know to be untrue. What I'm saying is um, they are saying they are basing a statement based on what they know to be completely incomplete data. This sounds so much better than not having a speaker up there to when you have never not had a speaker up there is right. It, it's just disingenuous at best. You know, you are, you are, you know, believing the hype and in, if you've ever been shopping at a uh, hi-fi store of any kind, including Best Buy or Magnolia or any of these places, if you've ever walked in there, um, and I, I actually see the owner of the, the the bike shop do this to people too from time to time. I don't think he knows he's doing it, but he does it. He'll 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 say, "Oh, we fixed your bike up." You'll really notice this when you ride it, right? Yeah. You'll really of notice, gonna notice this. it now. They're going to notice it now. And the same thing yeah. with with audio. When when people are like, "Oh, when you get a subwoofer, you're really going to notice how much it kicks you in the chest." Okay, I guess I guess I'm now noticing that now. I mean, I, <laughs> I I I may I don't I wasn't really thinking about it before, but I'm thinking about it now. And you said so. Are you really gonna notice how female vocal sounds so clear and and oh man <laughs> and all that? You're like, okay, yeah, great. I yeah. I noticed this. So in the, in the same Men thing, with still that. sound muddy, but okay. <laughs> yeah, Darth Vader can't understand a word he's saying, but uh, yeah, the overhead sounds like I oh I I saw this Atmos soundbar. It sounds great. Sounds like sounds are coming from above me. Okay. <laughs> you know, I don't see any reason why I should have to upgrade. Okay. You know, yeah. uh, that's, you're lying. Okay. You're, you're, <laughs> you are lying and you know you are yeah. because you know you're saying it from a place of complete, of, of, of uh, an end of one. You have one experience and you're like, this is not bad. Okay. That's great that you think it's not bad, but it's certainly not enough for you to give advice about. At least, not in my opinion. I mean, not when you're you're shouting it from the rooftops. Oh my God, this new this new four hundred dollar soundbar I got is better than better than a ten thousand dollar system. Is it though? Is it? I don't know. Mm. You know. That said, you know, it doesn't take much to get you to very close to as good as. It's ever really going to be. Could you make it a little bit better? And like I said, having a speaker in a place 
is objectively better than trying to use DSP or something else to make a sound sound like it's coming from that place. Having the physical speaker there means that the sound will be coming from that place. That is an objectively better thing. Now, subjectively, will it sound that much different to you if your eyes are closed and you don't know if there's a speaker up there or not and you're doing it and you're flipping back and forth? You may not be able, not only may you not be able to tell a difference, you may prefer the DSP. You may prefer it. Because it will be, uh, more diffuse and it sounds, you know, a, a little bit more, it may actually sound like it's less diffuse and more concrete in that location because of the acoustics of the room. When you put a right. speaker up there, it might actually, especially if you're one of these a-holes on, uh, Reddit who point every speaker at their face and, you know, including <laughs> all the overheads. And you know, I'm just like, does anybody else in the room get to enjoy this sound or is it just right. you? You know, and it, they're like, I don't understand why the trouble is so harsh in here. I don't know. Maybe you're on the access to every single one of your clip speakers and you should maybe not do that. So, you know, there are real, there are real times when have, you know, even though objectively it should be better that, that, that the speaker is up there, you may prefer subjectively. To have a, a system with fewer speakers that oh. have, uh, you know, less optimal placement, you know, that are, that are, uh, less, uh, accurate. <laughs> There's point, yeah. you know, I, I, people are like, oh, I want the most, you know, the highest extension possible. I'm like, no, you don't. No, you don't. First of all, you can't hear it. Any, most of you can't hear it. And when you can, a lot of times you don't want it. You don't want to have, you know, 20 hertz, 20 kilohertz at 105 dB, you know, or even 95 dB. It's not fun. So if you can hear that, you're going to be like, Ooh, that's, yeah, that's not great. But the, the other part, getting to the speakers, speaker amount of speakers. Yeah. The, the idea of the amount of speakers comes from the amount of people and placements of the people in the room and to your point like if you've got every speaker in the room pointed at you and you have a ton of speakers that that's not what a ton of speakers was for and like so you go to what everybody likes that you point to a trinov if you're in a room that's like 18 by 14 or something that's a relatively small room that's not relatively small <laughs> not no, for a home I, theater yeah it, but, but you, you don't need a Trinov for no, that. No. A Trinov is like, you've got to be like 25 by 40. And it's like, you've got five rows of seating and it can pan, it can actually make the pans. There's something to be said. Like you're supposed to pan from speaker to speaker and feel like there was sound where there isn't a speaker. Yeah. That's, that's how you get a nice smooth pan. The more speakers well, you add, the better opportunity you have to screw it up because if that middle speaker is too loud or too bright, all of a sudden that pan isn't smooth anymore. So you, you run into, uh, and if you listen to the AV ramp podcast for any length of time, you'll see that the, the number one piece of advice that I give, uh, and a lot of times Rob also gives is, that's too many speakers. <laughs> you don't, yeah. you don't need that many speakers. You don't need that many speakers that close to each other. You don't need, you don't need all that. And people just can't, 
they just can't understand that. They're like, I go to a movie theater, there's speakers all over the damn place, right? They are very close to each other. I'm like, first of all, they're 30 feet in the air. They're not that close to each other. Let me ask you a question. How close are the lines on the highway to each other? How, like how, how long is that break in between there? Let, answer me that. They're like, I don't know, like five feet, like four feet or something like that. It's like, 30 feet between these things right. because you're going so fast. The distance here makes it seem like there's speakers everywhere. There's not. And it's a, but even if there are, there's 200 people in the room. Well, that's my point. It's so the pan is for everybody in the room. (laughs) Well, the, in such small spaces as we all have, uh, having that many speakers that close to each other really there's not enough space between them to have the kind of separation that you need. And, you know, I feel like, you know, we, this, this whole movement towards more speakers, more speakers, more speakers, you know, it, it benefits those with massive rooms uh, the very, very few that have massive rooms that absolutely do need to have more speakers above their heads. Now, what could they do? They could just duplicate speakers channels that are already exist. You don't need to have, a, you know, a, a, yeah. a individual, you know, 32 individual overhead channels, uh, in almost any, the- in almost any theater. But, uh, in home theater and most home theaters where you're talking rooms that are, let's say in the, you know, 20 to 25 foot by, you know, 13 to 18 foot range, you know, eight feet tall or nine feet tall, even 10 feet tall. You know, most of those, those places, you know, we'll, you know, people are like, I'm going to have a 7.2.4. I'm like, I bet, I bet I could make you a 5.2 that would sound 90% as good and cost you, you know, a whole bunch less. And you're, you're not going to really notice that much of a difference. You know, the big difference is, Going from stereo to surround, going yeah. from no subwoofer to subwoofer. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, room treatments mm. is the big one on, I mean, you really, I, I, I don't know how many articles I've written that the number one thing you can do to make your home theater sound room treatments. That's the number one thing you can do more than it's nobody does it. Well, because it's or can. It, 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 50% of the sound you hear at least is sometimes even more depending on your room is the room reflecting the sound around you. If right. you're not, if you're not addressing that, you know, just dealing with 50% of the sound by getting better speakers or more speakers, and everything else, you can only get it to 50%. You can only get an F. That's as, that's as high as you can get. You know, you're still right. losing half of the points, if you will. Uh, so room treatments and the extra speakers, you know, I mean, light control, stuff like that, the extra speakers, I mean, if you live with a five-point system for a while and then you add on your surround backs, right? People go, if you have a really big room, they'll go, yeah, that's, I can tell the difference. Those, you know, there's sounds coming from behind me that weren't coming from behind me before. Fair enough. Yeah, but how, how important is that to you in your overall experience of a movie? Most of the time it's like, well, I mean, it only, it only comes up occasionally. Yeah. In some movies it comes up, right? Yeah. You're like, okay, is it worth spending the time and the effort and the money to put extra speakers back there for that occasionally? Some people will say yes, some people will go, oh, not right. really. 
Not really. And Atmos is a fraction of that. Atmos is, we were doing fine simulating overhead sounds with our five point and seven point systems long before Atmos came around. And Atmos comes around and they're like, look, we can put speakers up here. It's going to sound so much better. And you put speakers up there. You're like, meh, meh is exactly. Yeah. It should be the tagline underneath At- Dolby Atmos. Meh. You know, that's exactly what it should be because that's exactly yeah. the way I feel about it in almost every situation. And the people who love it, the people who love it, I I understand you love it, and I, I I'm not saying you're a bad person for loving it. I'm saying turn it off. Go what? into your speaker settings. Tell your receiver you right. have a 5.1 system or a 7.2 or whatever it is that you have. Turn off your overhead speakers. Go watch a quiet place and tell me that you're like, this is a huge difference. It's going to, I'm not going to say there's not going to be a difference. I'm going to tell you it's not going to be huge. It's just not there. I mean, there is a plus to it, but, but it's like anything else. Once you get off the baseline of 5.1, it's incremental. And it's, but the thing to me, that's really like hitting me like, you know, sideways is the whole, if the movie, if the, if the source isn't object based, why are they do, why are they only putting this out in 5.1? Why isn't Christopher Nolan doing it in Atmos? Why can't, you don't need it. You don't need, you don't need DTSX or Atmos especially with the systems that we have now where they'll upconvert it. They'll use your overheads for you, but you don't need this stuff. It's like it, it and, and I don't, I actually, I've started just answering people with what are you missing in a 5.1 that in your system, what sounds are missing in that room? Because it plays the same bass, same frequency, extra everything. It plays everything exactly the same. And then if you're going to mix up, mix it, it's still, your system is still going to utilize your overheads. So what are you missing in a 5.1 mix? So I, I actually think if you search, what am I missing? <laughs> if I listen to Atmos and, and 5.1 or Atmos and stereo, cause I go through like how mixers do the, down mixing and yeah. stuff like that. The number one thing you need to remember, no matter what it's mixed in, if it's mixed object based, if it's mixed in 5.1 or 7.1 or, or the true HD or DTS or whatever, or DTS master audio or Dolby digital, whatever, whatever it's mixed in, right? Whatever it is, right? The one thing that manufacturers of AV receivers know is that they will absolutely get killed. That, that people will go online and 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 start petitions and create you know online campaigns if they find out that their AV receiver has decided that they don't need to hear a sound because they've got the wrong set of speakers okay any amount of speakers that you have down to one if you have literally one speaker which you can't do in the AV receiver but let's pretend you could have a mono system uh it would down mix every sound to that single speaker guaranteed. The only way that you can get an AV receiver not to play a sound that's in a mix is by telling it you have a speaker that you do not have. And then you, you plug a speaker in for it so that it can play the test tones and do the, the stuff. 
and then you unplug it afterwards. That's the only way you can get it to do it because it will always collapse every single sound down to yeah. a and, – and in fact, audio mixers, when they are doing their mixes – you know, just it, it, say they're mixing object-based, okay? So they are doing their object-based mixing, right? Everything's set up. They listen to it in their Atmos. They will then listen to the bait. You know, they'll collapse everything down to the base layer. Because remember, you know, Atmos is the base layer plus metadata. Yeah. Okay, plus metadata, which means that, that every sound that's in the Atmos mix is in the base layer. It's just mixed. It's just taken out of the base layer and played in the overhead speakers in some way. So right. the bass layer has got every single sound. So they listen to it in that and make any adjustments they need to make. They're like, okay, well, in the object base, we put it up here, but it doesn't really make sense when we have it in the bass layer that way. So I'm going to remix that sound for the bass layer by itself so that's here. And then when it's in the object base, when it, when it gets pulled out for, for, for Atmos or DTSX, it'll be put, it'll be mixed slightly differently. So the mixes themselves could actually be different. And then they're going to collapse it down to stereo as well. So that they can hear it then as uh, uh, the entire way. So no matter what you do with your stuff, they should have. I mean, we can't. I can't speak that it happens every single time. But ev- a, a, a reasonable mixer, a good mixer, would have, or audio engineer would have taken and listened to every single variation and said, "All right, here it is in seven. Uh, here is in Atmos. Here it is in seven point." Here is in five point. Here is in, in two point, and now, now I, I now it sounds the way I want for each one of those mixes. So you know, you can experiment with every single one of those things. And like you said, what are you missing? What are you going to miss if you don't have it uh, fully? Um, you know, get every single speaker that that the original recording was mixed in. Yeah, you, you don't. I mean, I don't think it. Well, like if you play a five point one mix, and like I said, like go to a Christopher Nolan movie, well, and I know the tell me that the, it's the hill I'm going to die on in this one. Because no, Christopher but what Nolan's I'm saying is like, but go on. Yeah, yeah, but what I'm saying is like his audio mixes rival object base audio mixes. I mean, his five point one mix. People talk, you're fine. <laughs> Everything else, well, but that yeah, <laughs> and the, well. Dependent on the movie, yeah, yes. I think that's turned into a, uh, Meme. you know, a, yeah, it's kind of a thing that now people are just looking for that, and it's right. like, okay, but I mean, you go to like an Interstellar or the, the Dark Knight, uh, Dark yeah. Knight series, any of those, and tell me that that most people would would swear that was Atmos or DTSX. I mean, the opening scene of the Dark Knight, you're like the bass in that is in crate is in is crazy. It is right. a DTS mix. But it's not DTS X. And it's like, what extra are you getting in DTS X? You're not getting extra bass. You're not getting extra frequencies. There's nothing extra. So for me, the, <laughs> and it will, will, I don't know how you feel about this, but the, the, the real benefit of object based audio is the, and I hate using this word, the future proofing of yes. the audio track. That is, that yes. is the thing because yep. once, uh, once it's, once it's in object-based audio, then in theory, as we move forward with different types of audio systems, even if they're virtual mm-hmm. or are, you know, headphones or whatever, 
the object itself is in an XYZ coordinate and then the, yep. it, it's up to the system to figure out how to make that happen. So for yep. me, I very much <laughs> like the idea of mixing everything in object-based audio going forward and then letting yes. the system figure out how to do it. And that's, that's to me is the, the big benefit of object-based audio is doing it that way. Uh, but if you really do, and I, I encourage people to do, no one's going to do it. Believe me, I know. No <laughs> one's going to do it. I'm not going to do it. So why would I expect anybody else to do it? You know, you know, I have heard, you know, the opening sequence to uh, Attack of the Clones so many times with the spaceship flies over the top and then Padme comes out, but it's not Padme and they kill her and they blow the thing up and blah, blah, blah. Right. Spoilers. I've, I know. Spoiler <laughs> alert. Oh my God. Like, does anybody, anyways, I don't want to even get into slamming those movies, but, um, <laughs> We don't have that kind of time. We don't have that kind of time. <laughs> I, first of all, You're gonna I, I'm just going to say that <laughs> I 100% think that it's the director's fault that those movies are so bad. I do not believe that it is the, it is the problem with the actors. You cannot look at me. You can't look me in the face oh. and say that Hayden Christensen and, uh, oh my God, yeah. and, uh, you know, uh, Ewan McGregor and Liam Neeson. And I mean, all these people are such great actors you cannot look at me and say they did a bad job no they didn't they well, did a great job okay yeah, they were given the poor material like, yeah it's kind of like there's no such thing as a bad manager i mean bad employees it's a bad manager right well, if they were doing a bad job you get rid of them get somebody that does a good job so it's that's like, right so you know but but you cannot I, I've, yeah. I've heard this overhead flying spaceship yep. thing so many times and and in my Admittedly, when I first got it, it was seven point. It was a seven point one yeah. system, and then I turned off my back two speakers because they were messing up my. It didn't sound good, right? That's and where it, your hate for real channels came from. Well, it didn't certainly. It would. It, 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 it's not so much a hate. It's it's this this idea that you have to have them, right? And this is the problem you're having right now with Atmos. Is you're like people are like I have to have Atmos so I can have overhead effects. You can have overhead effects just fine without speakers up right. there. And this is what I'm saying. And that's, and I expand that to include surround back speakers, which I believe are for the most part for in most situations, just superfluous. You know, they are, uh, they are pointless. They are so close to the, your surround speakers. They, they, your ears are pointed in the wrong direction. In most of our rooms, yes. Yeah, they, I agree they with just, you. Yeah. you know, and then they're like, well, not only that, they're like, I'm going to have surround back speakers. I have, you can see them. They have I surround know. back speakers yeah. right there. And I, and every time they're back, they, I walk by them, I'm like, oh, stupid pieces of crap. So stupid. <laughs> see, like, why, why are you Why do you there? get angry at it? Well, I know that's well, you, but it's like, you know what I mean? Like, there, there's a part of you that, is in and like I said, we'll get back to that in a little bit. But there is a part of you that is in that pursuit of perfection because that's why you tried it. But your experience right. tells you that in that room, you're like, I didn't really do much. And then when you you actually shut them off, you're like, oh man, my, my pans are actually better. This is better, right? Yeah, exactly. And it's you know, it, 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 like I said, for Atmos, you can make the argument that the speaker up there is better at making the speaker, the, the sound coming from the top than not having a speaker up there. You can make that argument. And I think it can be true. And it maybe many times is true, but it's not a zero or a hundred. You know, it's right. not zero. It sounds, if there's nothing up there, 
it doesn't sound like it's coming up from up there at all. It's like, well, it already sounded like it was coming up there from up there. Now it just sounds a little bit more convincing. Like, okay, well, what's a little bit more convincing worth? For a lot of people in this hobby, they're like, that's everything. You know, they're like triathletes, right? Triathletes, marginal gains. You know what triathletes say? Marginal gains. I'm looking for marginal gains. Really? You want marginal gains? Lose 20 pounds. Yep. How about that for a marginal gain? <laughs> How about don't eat that hamburger that you got in your hand right now, Mr. Marginal Gains? All right? Don't talk to me about marginal gains. Like, okay, I understand marginal gains. All right? I understand I want a speaker on top because I want to have the best possible surround. Do not come at me with, I want the best possible, and have no room treatments in there. No no right. acoustic panels on your wall. Do not come to me and say, oh, I need to have bigger subwoofers because I'm not getting that kick me in the chest sound. You know, no, you have no panels in your room. You may not. Like, right. okay, this is, this is the, this is how you go. All right. Stereo. Then you're going to either go to surround or you're going to get subwoofers. And then you're going to do the other one. And then you're going to get panels. And if you went panels first, I think you would have made the right choice. I mean, I'm talking panels before stereo, before you bought a speaker, if you got panels, <laughs> we were what just in a restaurant the other day. And my wife was like, I can't understand anything in here. I'm like, look at the walls, Right. look at the walls. Yeah, that's why you can't understand anything in here. You know, there's some restaurants we go to, like a look, like, uh, and I'll just look at them. I'm like, you can understand me, right? It's like, yeah. I'm like, look over there, and you'll see the the like the bar area. They'll have the or up in the ceiling, they'll have tons of a, like a, a, yeah. like acoustic treatments that are hidden, yes. that are totally hit. Yeah, and it, acoustic it treatments and ambient music. You yeah. need it doesn't you don't even have to like it. It just yeah. you need ambient music and acoustic treatments and then people can carry on a conversation at their table and you're not listen you're not being redirected to anything else right. in the room because right. you can hear each other but there's other sound but that that sound becomes white noise and that lady in with the cackle over in the corner is drowned out because yeah. of the music and also absorbed by the sound absorption. So you know? and it's it's very important. So with your triathlete, right? You've got your they they buy the big bike and then they <laughs> refuse to do anything to maintain it whatsoever except they want to add parts to it that make it quote unquote faster for marginal gains, right? Yeah. Whereas you know, in home theater, they just want to keep buying speakers and amps and new receivers and new and right. and, and microphones and room room EQ wizard and uh uh Dirac and they want uh the stupid video processor that you have and the whole the whole thing, right? They want all, all those that. little toys, right? But they're, they're they don't know why. They're in a completely white room, right? <laughs> no no coverings on any windows whatsoever. Right. Yep. No light control, no room treatments anywhere, no carpet, hardwood floors. Right. And they're like, I don't, you know, I just want, I, I want to get, I want to get the sound a little tighter in here. Are you kidding me? You live in a bell. I mean, how everything, <laughs> what are you talking about? You've got, and, you, then, you, and those are the people that'll tell you, I, you can't, or tell me, you can't listen at reference level. Something has to be wrong. <laughs> and I'm like, uh, I do. Yeah, and I enjoy do. it. Yeah. And it's like for a deep people for a movie, in here that are like, this is a reference level. Yes. For a disc, <laughs> for a disc, at, no, I can't listen to like some of the apps at reference level because they're. Oh God. They're yeah. No, that's not loud. reference level. Cause re to get reference level, you need two things. Yeah. Your, your room calibrated correctly 
and the source material has to be, be playing to reference mixed level properly. Yeah. Yes, exactly. And like anything streaming, it's out the window. Yeah. Because it could yeah. come in too bright, it took too loud, too hot, too low. You know. Yeah. That is not. That's that's a so a like salad for a while with bar. Disney Plus, I was like above reference level constantly because yeah. it was so it was so low. But with like a disc, I'm usually pretty close. You know, I'm usually between uh, minus five and minus ten in this room. And did Rob tell you about our reference level conversation? We well, did. you guys talked about we it. Did. You guys we talked, talked about it. it. Talk doesn't about that answer a lot of the questions? It does. Like, holy crap. <laughs> so, you know, you know, you certainly can and, but you're in these super bright rooms. And I, I guess that's, that's sort of my, if you're going to talk about pet peeve, you're like, people are worried about how many speakers, you know, trying to get all these speakers in like rooms that are l- ridiculously small, like offices, like that aren't yeah. a full bedroom. You know, these things are seven by five. You know, it's like a big closet. They have a, <laughs> they have like a gaming setup in there and they want to put, you know, a 7.4, 7.1.4 system in there. I'm like, what are you doing, my man? What are you doing? With amps. Oh yeah. They need amps. Like I'm thinking about getting the Philharmonics. I'm like, what? You know, like, these You're high efficiency a foot and a half away from the speakers. Do I need uh should I get the Bass X uh stupid amplifiers or should I get the big monolith ones? Like, oh my god. To to to, to pump out the the point two five of a watt you're gonna need to power those speakers yeah. you're insane so yes it's uh it's a fundamental misunderstanding of of uh acoustics and sound but it's also not anybody's fault you know like as as upset as i sound about this whole thing i actually don't blame anybody for this because they're the the room treatments are not sexy room treatments aren't expensive Room treatments, uh, have been abandoned by the, 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 the vast majority of retailers and resellers. I mean, even like, uh, uh, you know, Oralex, I mean, they're still in business. They still do business, but they're in the custom install business now. I mean, not that they ever weren't, but I mean, I haven't seen them advertise a thing in a long time because they're not selling to normal customers anymore because it, there's just no point. People don't want them. People don't understand them. And it, you got places like Gick and Acoustamac that all, uh, that are, are essentially reasonably priced, you know, not, you know, they're, they're certainly making money, but they're not like, raking people over the coals like some of these other companies do. Uh, and they're building quality products for a reasonable price and you still can't get people to buy the dang things. You see, it, yeah. I, I, half the it's, time I couldn't give them away. It's not, it, it's hard to convince people that you need to take sound away yeah. and they don't understand that their, their whole life since like, since they probably had a stereo in their room. They just, the louder, the better. It's like we, remember, you you turn your radio up to 11. Right. And it's like, I, I, how do I, you know, it was in, what well, the hell was the movie? Listen like, to all those cars, right? The, 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 yeah, you know, yeah. When, that's when what you, I was going to say. When I was in high off. school and you were in high school and stuff like that, it wasn't about sound quality. quality. It was about <laughs> sound, vault, sound amount and bass amount. Right. Right. And yeah. we still get people that are, yeah, come to the podcast occasionally and you certainly see them on Reddit. I'm a bass head and I want to have as much, a biggest subwoofer possible. Or like, yeah. Okay. I, I mean, I don't know what to do. do my but. wife and I were just in a room, 
a friend of ours and beautiful, beautiful home theater that they had built. Um, awesome, uh, sound, uh, not room treatments, but, uh, sound control from the rest of the house. Great, great job. And my wife, we were driving home and she's like, it was really nice theater, better furniture than we have, nice theater. She's like, but it did not perform like ours. <laughs> right. And I'm like, well, yeah, I go, because that right now they're just focused on the kids and it's where they are. But I'm like, if they ever want to tune it up, I can do that for them. But it's, it is one of the, it's just, but it is loud in there. And yeah. my wife noticed, like, it is just like, and he, the, the homeowner, he took me outside and he's like, listen to this. And he did all the, you know, the green glue, the hat channel, uh, everything. And we went upstairs and we're standing right over the theater. And I'm like, Oh, you did yeah. an awesome job. I'm yeah. like, it's like you could hear it, but it was just like, yeah, yeah, you know, and you're like, that is all you can ask for. I mean, I love it like, when people gonna... come up. They're like, I want to completely soundproof my room. I'm like, you got a hundred thousand dollars. Because yeah, it's that's no, probably yeah. low, but you could probably get pretty close for a hundred grand for your bedroom. And yeah, and I mean, I I was actually going to do a room within a room, but after hearing that, I'm like, I'm do, I'm doing what he did. Yeah. I was like, that's that's more than enough because it's going to keep the other sound out too. Sure, but it and it also allows me to have a bigger room. Because now I'm not building that room, yeah, and then a room within that room, <laughs> you know. Again, so soundproofing, and we're way off topic at this point. But soundproofing it's is still all, on home theater, though. We haven't talked about, about triathletes uh, in ten minutes. Yeah, don't worry, I'll bring them back up. Sons <laughs> of bitches. Uh, <laughs> Love you too, buddy. <laughs> Smug little. I did. I did a hundred. I did a half triathlon. Tom, how far did you ride? Did they shut up? How about that? You ride how about, way how about come to Florida right and now. let's go ride in the 114 degrees. Don't worry. There won't be any hills. It'll be fine. I know. Oh, I love it. You'll be fine. I, I can't wait till I can do that with you. <laughs> oh, my God. Be like, and I can't wait to watch you struggle to get up an off ramp. <laughs> yeah. I'll, tell you, I'll be honest with you. My little ring on the front of my bike does not see a lot of use. I'll be honest. <laughs> the little ring on the front, on the, on the front does not, oh. doesn't get, doesn't see the chain hold. I don't want to worry about wearing that one out. Believe me. Yeah. But anyways, I, yeah. anyways, back to so soundproofing, theater. uh, <laughs> is again one of these things where, you know, there's a, the difference between a hundred percent soundproofing and like 80% soundproofing is like a hundred thousand dollars. Like it is a massive difference. Yeah. You know, like I would what say you, 95% soundproofing maybe, is yeah, achievable. I, I, is yeah. pretty good. <laughs> you can get so much done with, I mean, it's going to cost extra. It's going to, it's more materials, more labor, you know, more, you know, knowledgeable labor and skilled labor involved, which is going to cost more. It is going to cost money to do, you know, what you're talking about, hat channels and green glue and double drywall yeah. and all that other stuff. Yeah. Uh, you know, and then attention to detail as far as making sure that you've got your, either your floor floating in some way, or at least it, you know, making sure that it's, it's isolated somewhat. And then, uh, uh, going around and making sure that all your outlets and seams are caulked yeah. properly and the, the whole nine yards. I mean, it's, it, it takes extra work for sure, but you can get very close to what people think of when they, when they think soundproofing, they are not actually thinking of, I can stand on, I can open the door, walk out on my home theater, which is playing at reference level, close the door and hear nothing. That is soundproofing. 
he has he's this one that I was just in. He's got he even has the drop at the bottom of the door. Oh yeah. That I'm like I got to get that. I'm like <laughs> I I'm he's got the drop. You close the door and you stand as soon as that door closes, I'm telling you Tom this was and he said he filled the walls with uh rock wool. He did yeah, the yeah. double double drywall with green glue, everything. You close that door and he had it's basically it's an exterior door. So it's a heavy door. He's got the drop and it's just like you're listening inside the room, like the door's open and you hear boom 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 door closes, it goes boom 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 boom. Yeah. And, but the difference I mean, between hearing what that little bit you just said yeah. and nothing is like a hundred grand. <laughs> it's like a hundred thousand yeah, dollars. So because you're you're basically putting it in another house. Yes. <laughs> You know, and in fact, it is, it would be easier and cheaper to build yourself another structure on your property yes. for your home theater that you could then walk to and then soundproof that yeah. than it would be to do a room within a room usually. Uh, for, for, you know, depending of course on a bunch of other stuff. We've got our Vantic black, uh, person who is building a theater above his detached garage, which is going to be, uh, similar, similar to that. And I think he might stop talking to us because I keep getting mad at him for asking, same, asking questions. And I'm I like, know. I don't care anymore. Stop. I don't care. <laughs> no, I do yeah. care. I do care. And it's not that I don't yeah. care, but what I, you know, it's like, you know, at some point you're, you're picking nits and I don't care that you're picking nits. Just don't involve me in the process. I'm, I don't need to be right. Yeah. Trying it, to let you I, choose between two great options. Like just choose. They're one. all awesome. They, yeah. Exactly. You're when you get into that stratosphere, it's it's you're it's awesome. Yeah. And it's it's going to be great. And you're you're too at that point. I think people get too worried about. And this is when you're in that pursuit of perfection. You're listening to other people in the pursuit of perfection. Right. And I think where you and I, I mean, you and I agree pretty much a hundred percent across the board. We just go about executing it differently. Right. Like I, I really am in pursuit of perfection, but I also understand, and this is what I try to tell my listeners. I'm like, it's beauty's in the eye of the beholder. Don't let somebody else tell you. And you say that all the time. Like, Hey, I'm just telling you what this is you saying. Like, I, I'm telling you what I do, but go with God, knock yourself out. <laughs> I don't care what you, you know do. what I mean? It's <laughs> you like, know. you don't have to listen to me, but. When you go, when you deviate for, from Tom Andrews' advice, you're getting minimal improvements, if any. And in my opinion, now this is DJ talking, when you start getting into that pursuit of perfection, not only do you run the risk of deviating, but you run the risk of going negative. You're going, you can easily make it worse because you you're, you're trying so hard and just go back to your you know, rear channel experiment. I, I like feel like, yeah, I, I feel like you, you, the, the real risk you run when you start getting so concerned about these little marginal gains again, these little marginal improvements, uh, is you start becoming so obsessed with the subjective that you hear things that either aren't there or that right. somebody has told you will be there. And that's when you run into the issue of you're going to start buying things based on beliefs rather than right. what's actually making a difference. So, you know, I can, you know, I know all the techniques on how to get people to, to hear differences that don't 
exist. Okay. Right. And it's not that hard. It's not like it's a big secret that all the research and stuff is out there. Uh, it is, my thing is at some, you know, for me, I know that there's only so that like, I care about this stuff. I care about this stuff at, at least as much, if not more than almost everybody else. All these audio files that are out there. Oh, I really care about audio. You're, you yeah. say that online, but at home you're listening with your $20 headphones or whatever it is that you're, you know, maybe your $100 headphones or whatever, you know, for most of the time. And what I found is that I really care about perfection when I'm setting stuff up. And then the minute I'm done setting it up, I, 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 I'm done. I don't care anymore. I don't yeah. care about any of that stuff because I'm enjoying what I'm watching. If I'm, I can either enjoy my system or I can listen to my system. I'm not trying to listen to my system. I'm right. trying to view my system. I'm trying to enjoy the experience of my system. And exactly. And, and the difference between 90% of perfection and perfection when you're in that mindset is zero. That's the difference because you are, what you're looking for is not to be distracted from what you're hearing or exactly. seeing or seeing. Exactly. Yes. And, and that's one, where it, like what I tell, like what I'm telling people is, you know, like we talked about my video processor and it's, and, and you, I, I don't know if you have a beef with it. I don't think you do, but I don't, I don't, I just think it, it's, it's, uh, it's again, one of these things where it's, uh, it does something. It does something good. I've got no problems with that. But for most people, it's just way right. overkill for what it, they, and that's what what they I, need. And I tell people that. Yeah. I say that explicitly. I'm like, if you don't see a problem, don't get one. Yeah. But if you see a problem or if you have a problem. Right. That's when you in it. That goes for anything, not just video processor, just anything. If you're looking to upgrade, my advice is. Upgrade to to solve a problem, not just because, you know, Joe Smith got that piece or that's the new sexy piece of gear or something. It's like, you know, like when Atmos came out, I had to have it, but there was material coming out with that. I wanted to experience the only way to do that is to upgrade to it. So I wanted to that was solving the problem of I need this to be able to experience that with my with my Lumigen, it was, I was having problems on my screen. I was seeing, and I tried multiple ways to yeah. solve it before I went to that. And you're right. It's like, if you're not seeing a problem, and I, I've said that, I don't know how many times I'm like, you might not even see the benefits of a video processor. No. So and in fact, that that's the same thing with like people who are again with the, with no room treatments, with, you know, poorly placed speakers or, um, you know, running them improper, not, not having everything set up properly within your AV receiver, running things large, you know, with, you know, LFE plus mains and everything else. Uh, you know, and they're like, Oh, should I upgrade to DRAC? Like, oh, oh man, no, it's no a sideways step. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, <laughs> you're probably, you're, you're, you're not even putting the cart before the horse. You don't have a horse. And you're worried about whether or not you should upgrade your cart. You're like, this cart doesn't go very fast. Should I get a different cart? No, you shouldn't get a, get a damn horse. 
You're not doing it. You're doing it wrong. So yes, you should upgrade to fix problems. People do have problems and, and there are solutions for those problems, uh, that exist out there. Same thing with like, uh, the DSPs and stuff. You know, those are becoming less and less relevant, I think, because of improvements in AV receivers as far as having four out, yeah. four, uh, simple for outputs that you can, you can manipulate as well as, uh, Dirac and Odyssey X, uh, or whatever they're calling it. I don't, yeah, pro whatever, pro yeah, whatever. Who gives a crap? Anyways, you know, there's, it's becoming less those. It's becoming less relevant. But for a while, that was the solution. There were solutions to problems, and that was one of them. Um, you know, uh, a lot of times people are creating problems to, to, to find solutions for. They're like, oh, the uh, what is that one that the the one bass thing where they find out what's the lowest note in the bass and make sure that the bass is properly in, 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 or improperly mixed. Ugh. So they go back and then they, that you can upload a different, a different, uh, uh, calibration to your mini DSP to correct for the bass. I'm just like, how do you enjoy Anything. your system? <laughs> Like, I know. how long does it take you to watch a movie? Do you have to plan it out like a week in advance? Right. Like, how long does this process, even if it doesn't take you, even if you're like, oh my, God, yeah, it only takes me, you know, 30 minutes or something like that to get the thing all set up. It's not a big deal for me anymore. How long did it take you to get to the point where it only takes you 30 minutes? Cause I'm pretty right. sure I would have divorced you by now. <laughs> I'm pretty sure. Yeah. But, it's I just not worth it. It's just right. not worth it to, to sit here and, and try to find the perfect speaker for your room or the flattest speaker or the, the speaker that's got the, 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 the best output or whatever. You can get a speaker that sounds 90% as good as any other speaker that's on the market that, that's within your price range. Spend less for it. Get a bunch of room treatments. Get uh, a decent room correction system, and your the the subjective difference between that and also doing all that, but buying the more expensive speakers is nil. Subjectively, very very small. Like maybe you might notice it every once in a while. And I have a real problem uh, with people who are, but I noticed it every once in a while. Therefore, it's worth it. You really. It's really, you noticed it in one movie, one time. And believe me, as somebody who, uh, who has had that experience, I have watched the same movie again and didn't notice it the second time or the third yes. time or the fourth time. You know I mean, I noticed it one time yeah. because it just happened to pop out at me at that one time. So that means that it's probably had quote unquote made a difference in other movies. I just didn't notice. I sent those yeah. and I care. I care I, more yeah. than most people do. I, when I was break, when I'm, this podcast was strictly me breaking down movies, I'd watch a movie. I'd timestamp it out. If I heard something that amazed me, I screen grab my phone because I set, I set the stopwatch on my phone when I hit play. So I would know the timestamp, right. right? And I would end a movie with like 40 timestamps, but when I went back through that show would probably have about 20 of them because it would take, you would lose a lot when you went just to that moment and right. tried to listen 
for what was amazing because, and this gets to like what you were saying about how people, you know, oh, you're going to feel a bass thump here. And then you feel the bass thump, right? Well, the movies themselves are leading you in a direction. Sure. There's, if a movie is made correctly and, and well, your emotions are flying. You're going up and down with the story. You're excited for what's going on. And you're like, whoa, that jet just flew over my head. And you just keep on going. And that's amazing. When you go back to that instance and you go, oh, it didn't. I thought it did because it felt like it did at the yeah. moment, yeah. but there, there's a lot to be said. And when you, when you get, when people do these things where they're like, well, I, I put on these base sweeps and my system isn't doing it. What the, when, when are you doing that in a movie? In, yeah. Experience it, experience the movie for what it is. It's a, it's an, it, it's a roller coaster ride of sights and sounds. Right. You're not just sitting there with your head in a, bubble in a vice going i heard that over here because when you go to do that it probably doesn't perform exactly the way you thought it did so and and i, I need to get wrapping up here because i can hear yeah. my it's it's getting late and i got uh, stuff but i will say um a couple a couple less kind of partying thoughts here first of all when i'm talking about speakers and stuff like that there's a uh there's a price point, and Rob and I have talked about it a bunch. Like you know, five, six, seven hundred dollars for bookshelves, thousand, twelve hundred to maybe two thousand dollars for tower speakers. That price point, um, you get almost all of the performance that you can really get at no, no, almost any price point. You know, in with it, you can find a speaker within there that will perform, that will have enough performance that you are not really missing anything. You will not miss anything. Uh, could you get better performance? Can you get more performance? I Meaning, can you get louder? Can you get deeper? Can you get more extension? Yeah, you probably can. You can spend a lot more money and get a, a, a get more of these things. But for most people in most situations, you can get a speaker that does almost everything you need at a fairly reasonable price. And buying more speaker doesn't necessarily give you any more subjective sound you know what i mean it doesn't give right. you any more subjective joy from experiencing it and anything that you may be missing it's so very hard and to 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 experience nothing you know what i mean so when you're when you're like oh the only way you can know that a note is missing from a song is if you knew the note was there to begin with. If you've always right. listened with the same speakers, you're like, there was never a note there and you're fine. Right. You know, it's, it's fine. I think you so, said that last week. I, I probably have. I've said it a, a number of times before. So the idea here though is that I think that, you know, this idea, the, this trying to buy the, you know, you know oh, I've got, I've got, a thousand dollar a pair of bookshelf speakers. You know, I'm, I'm thinking of upgrading to these are $2,500 a pair. What can I expect? Nothing. <laughs> you that can expect be, depends any, on your room too. Well, there, uh, most of the time these people do not have their rooms right. are not conducive to this, but even in a great room, right? Even in a, in a room that's, that's professionally treated, let's say, let's say it's professionally calibrated. Everything's professionally done. You know, could, will you hear something different if you pay attention and you you do some A-B comparisons? Because I've done it. I've done the A-B comparison. You can absolutely hear it. Absolutely hear it. And the and five minutes after you hear you hook those speakers up, 
that'll be it. You, you, you'll never, it'll, it, 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 if you put, kept the two speakers next, next to each other and you forgot to hook, to, to switch back over to the more expensive ones, you know what I mean? If, yeah. when you're A and A being back and forth, right. you might not realize it for yep. a very long time. I mean, that's how little of differences these things make in actual performance, in actual experience. When you are a being and you are playing sweeps or you're playing specific uh, specific songs and listening to very specific things, you can hear the difference. And the difference is real. I'm not saying that it's not. What I'm saying is it's minor and it's inconsequential when you when you are talking about how you enjoy your speakers and how you enjoy your system later on. It, it's similar to, to, to TVs as well. I'm like, if there's something yeah. wrong with your TV, it's wrong. Right. And you see it being wrong right. every time. Like people are red. Why are people red? I don't know why people are red. They all look red. Something's wrong. Okay. But the, you know, the, the, the black detail isn't quite as deep as it could be with another TV, right? There's a little bit more shadow detail with this one OLED versus this other, you know, QNED or whatever it is. Right. Right. You're like, okay, yeah, I can see it. I can see it. And then you take one of those TVs away. You never see it again. Right. Because Which it's one not was there. I watching? Yeah. <laughs> it's not there yeah. as far as you're concerned. So, you know, there is a, while shopping, yes, we should absolutely get the best that we possibly can so that we can have the best experience we possibly can. But what we should not do in my experience, in my, my, uh, both experience and philosophy is that we should not throw good money after the pursuit of something that really will only ever exist you know, tangentially or marginally or, or, uh, or, or slightly or for moments and really only exist when we are paying very close attention to it yeah. and we are doing comparisons because if it's not something that is like, if it's not something that's going to make a difference that you do notice all the time, then it's not making a difference. You know, right. it's just don't not. throw money at something that you're not solving something. Yes. That's it, it's basically it. Yes. Yeah. I mean, and I mean, it that doesn't mean you can't pursue perfection. But if you see when in pursuit of perfection, you need to find and hear or see or hear something that you wanted to improve. And if you put money towards something and not that somebody told you about yeah. something that mm. you yeah. experienced yourself and said, oh, wow. That's that improves it. I'm putting money towards something that you think was good. And here's where I think I got one question for you before you go. It's really okay. quick. But here's where I think you and I, people of our quote unquote home theater generation, is that we grew up alone. Right. Most of our home theater, the 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 bulk of our home theater lives was just us in a room by ourselves doing this anyways. So we were solving problems that we had. And we were the judge. We were the, you know what I mean? And it's like, but nowadays there's so much information on the internet that people are, they're, they're perceiving, they're, they're pretending or thinking they have a problem when they don't even know what the problem is yet. They just read about it. You can actually see one. that constantly on Reddit. You can see that people like, yeah, oh, hey, yeah. I, I've never noticed this before, but I read that and then dot, dot, dot. And it's, I read that. Right. I need to have this type of speaker or I need to have this or I need to do this or I need to calibrate this way or I need to buy base shakers yes. or I need to have that. You know, like, dude, 
you answered the question. I never noticed it. Then you, it's not there. Right. It's not there. You don't have the You problem. guys talked about it. You guys talked about it on your show about um, a projector issue that yeah. I researched about two years ago. You just talked about it recently, and I was like, ooh, and I'm not going to bring it up. But it's a. It, the problem was one of my listeners, and now a few of my listeners, had heard about it. They write to me, and I'm like, I, I researched this. I talked to experts. There's nothing you can do about it. It's yeah. inherent in the tech. But if you don't know it's there, right. you'll never know. You'll yeah. never know. So it's, but what ends up happening is the people on the internet, they put it out there as a detriment, as a, like, oh, well, and they, these two projector manufacturers are competing yeah. and one's telling the other isn't as good because it well, doesn't, I mean, we but see they that both with actually, LCDs, right? And, oh, and yeah, 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 yeah. DP, D, DLPs and yeah. OLEDs and plasmas and uh, yep. LCDs and the whole nine yards. And so, oh, it's got screen door effect. Oh, it's got burn in, you know, burn yeah. in. Oh, for the love oh, of God, no. can we stop talking yeah. about burn in for five seconds. Jeez. But they all have, they all have these issues and it's like, it's inherent in the tech. Yeah. But it's like they they use it anyways, regardless. Let me wrap up with this. Yes. Pursuit of perfection. Tom Antry, what is your next upgrade for you? <laughs> I honestly don't. I honestly don't have one. <laughs> I don't Ever? See, You're done. You're I, done. Well, I mean... I. The the biggest upgrade that I'm going to have in this home theater is I'm going to probably get rid of my projector and get a flat panel, a big flat panel, like a when it gets a, big enough, yeah, when you can get when I can get one that when that, when this You're projector dies, yeah. <laughs> well, it's really not about cost. It's about it's about um, I'm too cheap to buy a new display when I have a perfectly functional display right now, right? That I'm happy with. Now, will I notice a difference and be happy with the uh, an OLED, which is what I'll surely get, um, with a big fat OLED in front of me? Will I be happy with that? I absolutely will. And will I notice a difference? I absolutely will. And it, will it be better? It absolutely will. I have, I'm still rocking a 1080p projector in here. And mm -hmm. people are like, oh, my God, how can you be a, a, a home theater professional with a 1080p projector like this? This is how I can yeah. do it. Look at me. I'm doing it right now. You, you, Loving every minute of it. Looking at, I'm just... <laughs> hate to break it to you. This is what it looks like. So, you know, uh, but yes, that will be the next upgrade in here. I'm not, I'm not putting any more speakers. In fact, I'm probably going to get rid of some. Uh, I'm not going to put any more speakers in here. I'll put, um, uh, may do different or better or new room treatments. Uh, cause these are all made by me and I did a, I'll be honest with you, I did a pretty shitty job, but you know what? They work. So it doesn't they work. Yeah. You know, it's surprisingly, surprisingly, uh, inconsequential to how they're functioning. The fact that I did a bad job wrapping them mostly because when I wrapped them, I wrap, I put, I was, uh, I was stapling the, the fabric on, but I had the, the panels on top of, uh, uh, carpet and the, it, it was bouncing the the staple was oh, bouncing the thing down yeah. and it didn't really didn't really so you're not getting a, a deep enough state you're getting that yeah. wrinkly looking staple yeah yeah so I mean <laughs> I, and then I tried that anyways it doesn't matter so the, yeah. there's 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 things I can do in here that to to make it better but really this the if I if I had to make an upgrade if you said Tom I'm going to give you an unlimited budget to make one upgrade right now for my home theater I would put a mini Jeez. split in here I would put a mini split AC so I could have eight, uh 
uh, AC room. in my home theater that was controlled just for this because this room yeah. is it just it just cannot see the t- same temperature as the rest of the house, and it, right. that would be the biggest the biggest uh, quality of life improvement. Not a better display, not more speakers, not more room treatments of which I have considerable numbers. Uh, not a different couch. Uh, not more subwoofers or bigger subwoofers or a better display. I already said that one. Uh, not a game system or an upgraded AV receiver or any of that stuff. It would be temperature control. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm that, actually, I, that, it is important, uh, in my new, in my new house. I mean, when you're building an entire house at that opportunity, yeah. can I, I'm, I already have a zone for my parents. I have a zone for myself and my wife. How much more is it? For the HVAC to go, can you give me the theater as a zone too? Right. <laughs> be like, right. Because that is, like you said, it's super important because it's like, if you can control that temperature in there, it's, you know, I mean, there, it, it, because it, it's so separated from the rest of the house. It, it's, it, it's a, yeah. it, it, no matter what display you have, it's still going to be hot. It's still going to be putting off heat yeah. and then you have the amps and everything else in your, if your receiver. If well, I'm doing all that rooms. outside. So that is oh, going to help. But, that's good. Yeah. All right. Thank you, Tom. Yes, DJ. It was good talking to you. We can't go this long. I mean, we, without recording, I should say. That's fine. We can't go this long. This is a lot of I've just been very busy. You can blame me because I I have been very busy. So, in fact, so uh, have I. Yeah. (laughs) It's crazy. Yeah. But you got the kids. My kids are, my kids are older, so I took new busy on. You've got the three boys that, that's insane. Yeah. I, uh, I mean, I have a boy and a daughter, so we're probably even. Uh, maybe. <laughs> so I've got one that just entered high school and one that's in his senior year of high school. So yeah. I've got, uh, it's a, it's a busy year. And last year in particular was, uh, the last year of middle school for my youngest son was rough. It just, yeah, it was just a, he's a little young for his grade and, uh, he's oh. also, he's hit, he's hitting puberty a little bit later than everybody else. So there's a lot of, Oh. angst and stuff going on with that. I that can relate. Having to deal with. Yeah. Yep. So I can't yeah, because I hit puberty up. super early. <laughs> I was like, like the tallest, bastard. I was tallest boy in my fourth, fourth or fifth grade class, uh, for about six months. And then everybody else started hitting puberty and they all passed me my, because my wife's 410. We went to high school together. Yeah. We started junior year and she was taller than me. <laughs> I finished, but yet now, I was like 75 pounds, uh, under 410, but I had a size 10 shoe. You knew, you I, knew it was, was coming. Yeah. Well, that's why I got crap kicked out of me all the time. I just looked like, and I never shut up. So wow. that, that didn't help. But by the time I graduated, I'm, a, I'm sorry. By the time I finished junior year, I was almost six feet tall. That yeah. was a long, that was a rough year. <laughs> <laughs> a rough year for clothes for your parents. That's yeah. But uh, yeah, let's uh, wrap this up, and, I'll, and then uh, off air, I'll give you my horror story quickly about my son's first year of college. So, but uh, right. yeah, thanks, Tom. As always, uh, my pleasure. Always so much fun. Can't wait to have you back, buddy. I'm already anticipating it. But uh, all right, until let's not, next. Let's time. not go so long. All right, go push play. What he said. This has been a Hey Fred production with theme music by Jeff Bernhardt and Throne Vault Productions.